Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 168 of the Galen Trombley Show. Returning guest today, uh, Mr. Steve Moffat, head coach of the Plastic State Men's Hockey Team. Um, off to a 1-0 start? Well, 2-0, but neither one count because they were both exhibition, but it's better than the alternative. So, um, now, give, give us, what, what's the preseason like? Because we had you come on, was summer? Was it, it was in the summer, summer yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like now that you're in season, everything's kind of running, you're seeing the kids, or you're seeing the, uh, the guys every single day, like what's, what's that like? Yeah, so we've had a kind of a crazy um, preseason. We've had, we have a lot of guys on the team, more than what we normally would carry, but just with COVID and everything that's going on, every college team in the country right now is carrying more than normal. Uh, we had a lot of um, competition, you know, during the preseason and, and guys are fighting to, to kind of figure out where they are in the lineup and where they are on the team. And uh, So how many guys do you have right now? So we have 32 right now. And that includes like the special, like I say like fifth year seniors, yep. people that can come back because yep. of the COVID year. Yep. Are you planning on holding that many for the whole season? We're right at 32, yeah. So we're that's the plan. Okay. You know, obviously things change and, and playing time changes throughout the year, and guys get, you know, happy or sad depending on how much they're playing. So, uh, <laughs> and, and I get it. You know, you only get four years. You want to play as much hockey as you can. And do you find that most of the guys get pretty motivated by that? Uh, yeah, I Meaning think that's like, they, like competition. Like I, I, I don't want to. I don't want you know. You know, whoever it is, I don't want Dave to be better than me or John to be better than me or whatever. And you just have these like, maybe not, obviously not, they're not pissed off at that guy, but it internally motivates them. Hey, I got to make sure I'm not the, the second or third, you know, line versus the first or whatever. Right. So we, we tell or them. We're not even dressing. Exactly. We tell them, don't be on the fence. Like, make it impossible for us not to play you. Mm-hmm. Don't be that guy that's kind of, uh, you know, a couple coaches think he should, a couple coaches think he shouldn't play. So make sure you're, you're in the black. You want to be that lock. You, you want to be a lock. Uh, how, now, on a normal normal year, what? How many guys do you think are like locks for you? Like, hey, we have. I know every year we have like twenty guys that are pretty much locked down as our top twenty, and then you have some fluctuations. Or is the fluctuation a couple players? Is is the fluctuation twenty players? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think it really changes. It depends on how the recruiting goes. Depends on what they do in the summer. Depends on how their year was. So. This year, I'm going to say we had a handful of guys returning that were locks to play, you know, and and that we had them penciled in. Um, But we have 18 guys that haven't played before for us, you know, over the the course of the last two years or or last year and then the incoming guys this year. So, And then we pencil in some of those guys too. Um, So it it really varies. It's it's getting harder because the guys – we don't have a guy that's way up above everybody else or way down below everybody else. Everyone's pretty close, so it's really hard to separate yourself. You have to do the little things that maybe the you know the casual fan doesn't notice. 
um, in order to get notice for us. You know, hey, he's really good at blocking shots. He's good on the face-off. He doesn't turn over pucks along the wall. You know, whatever it may be, he brings a lot of energy. Um, some things that, you know, oh, it wasn't just a goal and assist. So it, it's, it's hard for the guys to kind of separate themselves right now. How, uh, how different is it player to player? So, like, I'm going to put it in perspective of – uh, maybe like let's take golf. We both, we both like golf. If you were to go to say a certain course, you might put a different kind of clubs in your bag versus the ground and the softness and the hardness and firmness. Like, do you do the same with players? Where hey, we're playing against Geneseo or Cortland or Fredonia and or Buff State, and maybe they have a little bit different. You know, we match up different. Therefore, I'm going to maybe start a couple bigger dudes or a couple smaller guys. Does that come in a lot in play, or like the locks? Pretty much the locks, no matter who you play well, with. Well. It comes into play with the guy. The locks are the locks. They're going to play no matter who. It's it's the the fringe guys or the guys that are in and out that that does come into play. How are we going to play tonight? Are we going to play try to play fast, really fast? Are we going to try to be really physical? So it will depend on who we are playing. But at the end of the day, we're trying to get the best twelve guys, twelve forwards and sixty uh, that can help us win that night. And that may change from Friday to Saturday. And how, how many guys you dress again? We dressed 19. So out of No, the, I'm sorry. We, we dressed 13 forward, 6D. Okay. So that's 19 and, and three, goalies, three goalies. So 22. Yeah. Now, out of 22 players, how many players hit the ice per night? Because obviously you're not going to – typically you don't want to go to your second and third string you know, uh, uh, goalie, but do, all, do all, the, all the players – So all the players, if they're dressed, they're going to play. Okay. But they may play five minutes. They may play 25 minutes. Yeah, so I, we discussed before, I never coached hockey, but you know, when coaching soccer or coaching basketball, like typically, at least the level I played, most kids played somewhat, but it definitely wasn't equal. And right. So right. it's kind of the ones that's yeah. like, you're better, your studs are going to be playing, you know, probably up, you know, 99% of the game, yep. you know, might come out just for a water break if right. the right. conditioning's not great. So um, now going in preseason, like, what's the feeling? Are the kids healthy? Are the guys healthy? Does, does, like, has COVID affected you guys? Like, they take time off? Yeah. Or, you know. um, we are not actually healthy, which is, it's, it's been tough to be able to, the guys are frustrated, right? Because they, they haven't played so long and then they get, they have these nagging injuries from not playing so long, mm -hmm. right? So it's hard to, to match the intensity of practice when you're just out there with your buddies skating around. Um, so we've had some hip issues. We've had some groin issues that it's just from a lack of not playing. And, uh, so we have these COVID issues, um, still nagging us. Um, so hopefully we can get healthy in the next, you know, week to 10 days. I think we'll see it. It'll kind of slow down with these hip and, and groin injuries as the guys get kind of back into shape and back into competing and checking and pushing against other guys and stopping and starting because that's where the that's when the injuries happen well usually again playing typically any sports season the beginning of the season's always you're kind of figuring it out you're starting to get in the shape because it's even though you play like you said competition or, or day of games is way different than practice yeah. and you kind of get eventually you kind of hit your stride and that's typically you want to try to peak at the end of the year but um it's difficult i, I at least from playing say i'm going to say lower level sports the so same like high school sports it was always that first few weeks and even in the season like the first couple weeks you're still kind of getting in the groove and playing games and then i just say about midway through the season you kind of started to find that like you started to find that gear you started to kind of groove out the team a bit and then you felt more comfortable end of the year things were just clicking for both teams like team you played sure. and your team sure yeah you're figuring out line combinations for us who plays well with who who doesn't play well you know who's 
who really starts to pick up their game. I, I believe, you know, cream rises to the top, but it's how fast do they rise to the top? And then so we can hit our stride. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it, you are right. We want to peak at the end of the year, but you don't want to get off to such a slow start too that you bury yourselves early on. You have to, this game Friday night is just as important as a game, you know, in January. We only get to play 25, so we have to be ready to go right from the drop of the puck on on Friday night. What uh, where do you guys? I guess projected. Do you guys have projections in D three? Yep. Um, yep. Like where where are you projected right now? In the so Suniacs? for our uh, Suniac, we're third. So Geneseo's won the last two or three Suniac championships, mm-hmm. and then Oswego's they've lost to Jenny, and then it's us. So okay, and so then I don't not, know not a bad spot that. to be though. Like th- like third, I'm saying obviously you want to be the top team, yeah. but I said typically like you know sports top one or. First or second team typically have a target on their back, and you start to fall on that ground where it's like they're they're you can't the top teams can't sleep on you and the bottom teams can't sleep on you. But sometimes maybe the top teams won't get up as much to play you as they would if Genesee was playing Oswego. But they have to get up, but then it's like you kind of can sneak in on some of those, and then you start building momentum. And that's you know I, I think that's always it's always kind of like talking about having a two goal lead in sports. That's like a dangerous lead to have. Yeah. You feel comfortable, yeah. but you're really not. Right. Um. So I think it's, it might be the same with that. Yeah, and and this year, I mean. I don't know how we – we were just – I just voted on how <laughs> we ended up last year yeah. or two years ago. Nobody played last year. So we don't know who, you know, Buffalo State brought in as far as recruits go. We have an idea, but we don't know the whole mm-hmm. – the whole uh, you know, the whole class. Same, And they don't know who we have either. So it's just a – it's just a crapshoot, and they don't mean anything. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, it's who wins at the – you know, who wins the games. Is it just the coaches that vote on that? Just coaches. Yeah, yeah. so it's all subjective. It's all – or objective, I guess. You guys just kind of pick who you want or who you think, and, like, you might have one coach who doesn't really want to vote for the other guy and just says, well, I'll just give the nod to, you know, Fredonia over, you know, Brockport. It, exactly, exactly. So it's, there's no exact science to it. It's just uh, – it's something for the media to talk about and, and have fun with. And I don't even know if our guys know. You know, I haven't brought it up. I don't. It's, it doesn't well, mean anything. Yeah, I think most. I think most players too. When you get to a certain level, they don't care. Is, is your, are the players pretty good about, um, like more of team over individual accolades? Because you know, sometimes you get those players that come in young and they want to have their name in the paper. They want to score goals, or they want to have like they want to have the stats. Where then you get some guys that could care less. They want to see a W. Like, right. Yeah, I think the best teams care about the the name in the front of the jersey, mm-hmm. not the name on the back. So. Um, I think it's probably too early to tell. I, I'd like to think we have a lot of guys that care about, you know, the, the logo on the front. So we'll see. I mean, that's part of our job as, as a coaching staff is to make sure that's how they kind of think. And that's the culture of the team and, and the standards that we set allow them to reach that. Um, now, as coaches, do you guys – you have what you said, three assistant coaches? Yep. You kind of fluctuate – or, you know, guy up, up in the booth and then two on the bench with you? How good are they at identifying talent and maybe looking at certain things? Like, is does a couple of your coaches look specifically at certain positions or certain lines or certain people, and you might focus, like I said, more on the macro of the game versus little micro pockets? Yeah, um, we all kind of bring our own strengths to the to the table. We have we have a goalie coach, we have a defenseman coach. I played forward, and then Jeff Wood was kind of he kind of does everything. He kind of mm-hmm. looks oversees everything. So we kind of all bring something different. Um, you know, sometimes you need that macro look. Sometimes you need a micro look, too, depending on, on the situation. Um, you know, we try to do a lot of individual coaching on the bench. And, and hopefully they, the kids, they take that as constructive criticism. You know, we're not there to pick on them. We're just trying to help 
So the next shift, that same thing doesn't happen again. And uh, so far, so good. Our guys have been great. Our, we have a great close-knit group of kids that are – that I, I do. I do believe they're all trying to win one – they're trying to win a championship. They're not trying to play for, you know, their individual success. And the better we are as a team, the more individual success we'll have, too. Oh, so they'll get, they'll get both. Yeah, one hand feeds the other. Well, I should say one hand, but the collective feeds everybody else, you know. Um, so there's not any – I mean – you find that this group is pretty good. They don't get down. They're not, like I said, criticism doesn't eat at them. Criticism motivates them or criticism might wake them up a little bit and say, oh, shoot, yeah, I didn't realize I was, maybe, like I said, slow off the line here doing something or, you know, some just something they shouldn't be doing and you point it out to them and then they, like I know in business, same thing. It's like people don't like to hear criticism, but if you can take criticism, then you like to hear it because then it's like, okay, I can make myself better. Right. That's how I always, I always looked at like criticism to me it stings for a second. It's a punch in the face or a punch in the gut. And then you finally realize like, no, no, I need to hear that. Great. Let me fix it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've, we had some individual meetings last week, kind of after our, you know, our team has been set and we're able to discuss with kids how we think they should be playing. And the best thing about coaching is when you see that and they see what you, you talked about and they implement it. And we had some kids that had their best practices, best games and, and have maybe turned a corner. And that's the fun part about it. Trying to get kids to get above what they're used to doing and mm-hmm. get better than they think they, they are. Yeah. Um, now, this weekend, it's Plymouth. And who's the other one? Castleton. Oh, Saturday. Castleton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, is this league, or not league, but is this uh, regular season? Regular season, non-conference games. Yep. It's nice to play two non-conference games before we jump into our SUNYAC conference the following weekend. Um, but like I said, they're... They're every bit as important on the national stage, mm-hmm. this game, these two games, Friday and Saturday, as a game, you know, against Norwich in December. S- same importance. Is, Norwich isn't Suniac though, right? No, no. But they're, they're still, are they, so they're not considered, that's still a non-conference game. Non-conference Middlebury, game. those guys. Yep. Um, what's their league? Is that ECAC? So, is that... Um, the NESCAC is Middlebury. So okay. all the New England small college athletic, you know, um, teams, all the, um, why so I, is that like Williams and Hobart? Williams, not uh, not Hobart. All the um, why am I drawing a blank on these guys? Um, <laughs> Williams, Hobart, Middlebury, Colby, oh, Colby Bowden, yeah. um, Hamilton, Trinity. So all those type schools, and the, then the Hamilton out by Syracuse. Yep. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. And then so they won't play in the Suniacs. They play no, out there. Right. All right. And then uh, the NEHC is where Norwich plays. Um, now what's that, what's the league for that? Is that just like kind of like, not an independent league, but they just match up against like, where's the rest of those? Norwich. So they, they play, um, Elmira, Babson, UMass, Boston, uh, New England college, Southern Maine, uh, Castleton, Skidmore. When did, uh, when did Elmira leave SUNYX? So Elmira is, was always in, it used to be called the ECAC West. Okay. So now they're now they've kind of shifted over. So they were never. never I just, as growing up, I remember. Plus, we played Elmira every year, no matter what. Yeah. Like I mean, just and maybe it was maybe I was a kid and I just thought that, I figured they're in the Suniacs because they're always like a regular team and they were good. They and, were very. And good. I know the women's team has been very good, you know, in years. So, yeah. um, but, so that's pretty much that when you talk about the East West, meaning like the Wisconsin and. Um, you know, New England areas. Those three leagues are the top leagues over here, and then you have the West mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, I, I mean, are you missing any over yeah, here? Like any other the UCHC, which has Utica in it, it's a really good league. The mm-hmm. NEHC, 
the NESCAC, you have us, um, you have the MASCAC, which Plymouth plays in. Plymouth has won their league the last two years, been the NCAA tournament, so they're a really good team. Um, you know, I'm probably missing a league here or there, too. So I didn't realize there's that many leagues over here. Yeah. There's, there's quite a bit then. Two-thirds of the Division three teams are in the East. Um, so... In regards to non-conference, like what's the schedule look like this year? In like, because we obviously know your SUNYAC schools. Like, who's who's who are you playing outside of that? So, in the first light tournament, which is at Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. is uh, it's us, Middlebury, Norwich, and Milwaukee School of Engineering. So that's okay. at Thanksgiving. That was the old Prime Link shootout. Yep, old gotcha. Prime Link, and then and that's in Mil- Middlebury this year. Middlebury, yeah. Friday and Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend. Then uh, I think it's January sixth and seventh might be off on the dates is the wb mason winter classic mm-hmm. here that's um st anselm's king's college and albertus magnus and us where's alberta is that Canadian? uh connecticut connecticut okay and king's new, is that new york city uh king's there? is uh wilkes-barre pennsylvania oh wow so yep. that, that you're dra- drawing some people then so, or, i mean some teams out yep. of the area so, yep. so out of the two which one I mean, obviously, they're both important. I, growing up, the uh, the Prime Link was always the big one because sure. it was like, obviously, the schools were all, at the end of the year, typically were in the, uh, the NCAA. So is that one, how do you feel about that being in, in Thanksgiving? Do you like the early preseason tournament? I say preseason, but you like the early earlier in the year tournament like that? Yeah, I, I think that tournament's been unreal tournament as far as, uh, as you mentioned, you know, the, the teams that have been in it have mm-hmm. been very successful. Um, to be able to see where you are early on in the year against quality competition is, is, is outstanding. So, um, it's always a fun time. Thanksgiving is just a fun weekend. You're not traveling super far. If you're away, you're only, you know, two hours away. So, um, the guys really enjoy it and get up for the, that weekend and, and guys want to win it. I mean, we only get to play 25 games, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's not a lot of competition dates. So guys get up for each and every one. And then if you're a guy that's in and out of the lineup, you might only get 12. So mm-hmm. you only get 12 days to play out of 365. That's not a lot. Mm-hmm. So each game is so important. Well, I think that one alone, though, just because it is like Thanksgiving weekend, the kids are really, they're in school, but it's not. It's a long weekend, yeah. you know. So yeah. it's kind of one where you can focus right on hockey. And, um, and you guys take, how much time do you take off between for the uh, winter break. So is there much time usually out? about two weeks, two and a half weeks. Okay. Guys will go home and, you know, finish up finals, get to go home, spend, spend Christmas with their family. And then we actually this year they get new year's too. And we'll come back January 2nd. So it's a, it's a fairly healthy break for them this year. And then they have, they play the tournament within the week. Yeah. So we'll come back Sunday and then we play Friday, Saturday. Um, is it now that time away, I'm assuming the guys are still trying to find like local skates, like to go pick up hockey or go meet some buddies from other colleges sure. or whatever and play around. So they're still, I mean, they're still keeping the legs under them and stuff. It's not, it's not like they take two weeks off and they're just like chilling. They like better they, be. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say they probably have some expectation. They wanted to, I mean, at that level, it's like you kind of live, breathe and eat hockey. So you want to make sure you're out doing it. Um, now, um, c- a couple things I want to ask. So you, you said you have not been in the Memorial Rink. I know this is totally not related to hockey, but so I did stop because you told me to stop okay. in. You did, all right. There, that was your homework today. <laughs> I couldn't get in. It was last night. I was walking my dog, and I'm, I'm walking home. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna look in there, and it look, it did. It looked great. It looks cool. Yeah. I can't wait to get in there. I, I think it'll be uh, good for recruits to get in there. Be great for the campus and the community, and it is needed it. Do you have an office there, or are you at the field house? No, we're at the field house. Okay, because yeah. most like basketball, I know, like intramurals are there. Yeah. The training facilities there. 
Everybody will be back there except for hockey. Yep. Um, is there any plans to redo any part of the field house? So right now, today they just started the field house part, the indoor track. I think they're they're ripping out the the bleachers. They're wow. gonna put in some turf in there. They're gonna so they're sprucing that up too. Tur- turf for turf for, for t- practice teams, yeah, like, lacrosse like baseball, and baseball, lacrosse. So they're taking out the track. Um, I think that'll be in there as well. Okay. I think I don't know how they're configuring it. I haven't seen the plans, but that's just a, so. The, or a actually, it's, it's kind of like. It's like PHS have the track around the field. Would they be taking basketball off, or is basketball like a floating floor? No, I think in? it'll be some kind of floating floor. In That'd there. be pretty cool, though. Yeah. So, yeah. I was gonna say, it makes the uh, baseball teams probably happy, and lacrosse teams—they're not fielding ground balls off that rubber, right? You know, what it, I mean, like looking at that, it's not a true baseball. Like you used to play back in the day off the basketball court, and like the balls are just flying and trying <laughs> yeah. to catch them. It's like this isn't true hop. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and what about the lobby area? Anything? Lobby? No, I don't believe so. They haven't redone that lobby. In, well, I'd say decades. Or they've done a few things. Like I know, like the ticket booths a little different. They had a couple screens, and I know um, I don't know if they've done much of the trophy. I think the trophies have just accumulated, which is yeah. cool. But uh, most of it looks pretty similar. And you, yeah, walk it's in. been pretty similar. The lobby, I say yeah. the lobby, and then obviously the the, uh, the hockey, the arena itself is um, you know Stafford Ice Arena has been. I mean, that's been a whole total facelift over the last when they, when they put all the seats in. Was it fifteen years? It's got to be about twenty. Years yeah, ago? fifteen years ago. It's. It doesn't seem that long, but it, when you look back on it, like it's actually been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think that going in and seeing that, just you know, I mean, I still have the nostalgic of having the like the scoreboard in the center, you know, hanging yeah. down. But it, it is a cleaner look. It's open. It's more air, like I say, airy, spacious. Right. Like the white really brings it out versus the uh, the old wooden bleachers there, you know, and that. But like I said, it, it's uh, it's cool what they do, and you see like capital projects like that going in. It obviously, makes your job good for recruiting. Yep. Um, and I, I guess just all around, even just kind of seeing like little pockets of the, of the college getting better and better. Like you can't help but enjoy that as a as a coach. I would think for recruiting is that sure. It's all about recruiting. That's yeah. what it you is. said. That was like ninety percent recruiting because you really want to get the guys for a certain amount of time for the year. It's getting the next guy. Yeah. You know, and we just read it in our locker room two years ago. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, the guys now enjoy it, but it's trying to get the kid next year. When he walks in there and his jaw hits, the f- you know, his jaw hits the floor. You're like, all right, we hooked him. Yeah, you know, that's part of it. It's just hooking him, because everybody loves Plattsburgh once they get here. But it's the drive up from whatever way you're coming, whether it's Toronto, whether it's like Philly. It's a long way. Yeah, and people are like, wow. <laughs> I passed Albany like two hours ago. I'm still not anywhere, you know. Yeah, I'm in Newcomb right now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> so, so I mean, nothing against Newcomb, but it's in the sticks there. So it's like, um, now, do, what about the players themselves? Are they, do they help recruit at all? I mean, I, I know obviously campus visits, but yeah. I mean, do they talk to their buddies who are on the, maybe the junior team or something that try to get them there? They're our biggest recruiters, okay. no doubt. So right now, we have a handful of guys that have all played on the same junior team. Not all together, different years, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, that's a good spot to go. Yeah, my buddy's there. So there are huge recruiters. So just that talking between the players, and, and it makes your job easier, too, when you show up and you're like, yo, that's, that's the head coach, and that's I mean, big deal for a kid, but they've heard it from Johnny and Jimmy and Brad and all these guys that were just on the team that were like, hey, we should go to Plattsburgh State. Yeah, absolutely. Um, question I want to ask you about um, size in hockey. When you got who, – who's a small – like? What's this, roughly the size of the smallest and largest players in your team? We have a kid that is 5'6", and we have a kid that's 6'5". So when you deal with hockey, like, how much does that play a factor at the college level? Does, like, does the kid that's 5'5 five, five have to be a fin- fantastic player speed-wise, or is it kind of it all just kind of works out and it's not as like, – I look at basketball. Like I, I was seeing some photos the other day. 
of the uh, the men's team, there's one kid on the basketball team that looks like he's shorter than me. Like he just look. I mean, granted, he's with big tall guys, but he's significantly shorter. And I just know as a small guy in basketball, I mean, the game's played up, not down. You know, sure. hockey. I know is obviously on the ground, but does that come into play a lot? Sure, you can't teach size, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that was a a conscious goal of ours in the last two years is to get bigger. We felt we got knocked around a little bit in Oswego in the semifinals two years ago, and we vowed that's not going to happen again. We could keep up with anybody. We could skate with anybody two years ago. We were as fat, fast or faster than everybody. Um, but we lacked some size, and, and it caught up to us because they just tried to beat us up. And So we really wanted to get bigger down the middle and bigger in general, but really bigger down the middle. How, how much do kids focus on just strength and conditioning from like a size perspective? Like you can skate for days, you have all the skill, yeah. but like if some of these kids put on 15, 20 pounds of muscle, you're not moving them. Like is that... Is that a Huge. focus of these kids? Yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, the training that they do now is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're just—it's different than when you played. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're better athletes mm-hmm. and, and they're faster. You know, um, so and it's been ingrained into them. You know, so they've been training for so long to play hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, I I could go on another side and say I don't like that part of it because these kids. If we start talking about youth hockey, they're they're specialized too early. Yeah. in all sports. And I don't like that. Um, but these kids that they've been training forever and, and they're just, they're just, you walk in, they're just jacked and ripped up and ready well, to go. What's well, the thing? It's like when you look at some of these guys, like just trying to play them off the ball. Cause again, when I was coaching soccer, the kids that were in the weight room and they stepped on the field, knowing that 90% of the kids are playing against don't touch a weight that you can't stop them. Mm-hmm. Like they'll just sit there, they'll walk by and like or dribble <laughs> by and move you off the ball. Literally with just like a little push of your arm. Yep. So, um, now did you how many did you play a lot of sports growing up? Yeah, like were you a multi sport athlete? Yep. Yep. Um, do you find the kids coming on the teams now? How many do you think are multi sport versus just specialized in hockey? That's a good question. I, a lot of guys play golf. I do know that, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'd have to go back and, and talk to them about their other sports that they've played. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of kids played lacrosse too growing up. Um, but it's a good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out. Well, I, I think the reason being when you see, and again, I'm coming from the soccer aspect, is I've seen plenty of kids, fantastic at soccer, I'll throw something to them, say, throw me the ball, can't throw it, can't do something. And I'm like, and, and when you look at that, like I, I'm not the greatest athlete by far, I'm not even close, but if you told me to go try to pick up some kind of sport, I could coordinate it, uh, co- uh, coordinate it. coordination-wise, I could probably pick it up to the point where it kind of resembles what someone should be doing. Right. Um, where if you give some kids that like, I, there was a girl I knew, she played D1 soccer, and that was about the only thing she was good at. Fantastic athlete. Give her a soccer ball, and she'd blow by anybody, but yeah. give her any kind of other sport, and it was like awkward throwing and like shooting, like basketball, like, like, or hockey or golf, and it's like, all right, they're, they're an athlete, but a very specialized athlete, you know, and that's, I didn't know if that, if, like, if you could, if you knew, like, hey, our three best players on our team all played three sports or multiple sports or played even just playing tennis, like recreationally with friends, like with the hand-eye coordination. Right. So I do know they do play some tennis and play some ping pong. We always ask them that, that those questions on the, great. on the recruiting visits, yeah. but I don't know off the top of my head how many did this, how many did that. The other difference is our guys are out of high school for three years before they get here. So they're not in that playing three sports type atmosphere they're pretty much playing hockey right now and then they mess around with whatever in the summer um so it is a little bit different but growing up every kid should be playing as many sports as it in my opinion yeah as they can i think that it's proven 
a multi-sport athletes or a better athlete. Yeah, and um, do you guys have a ping pong table at the field house? There's one kicking around somewhere in the house in one of the houses. Okay. So there's. Uh, so the kids are playing that. They're playing that. that yeah. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of skill to ping pong that translates. Just the hand-eye coordination oh. and like, and you got to think if you're playing ping, do you play ping pong at all? I do. I love it. Yeah, when you start playing and like really getting moving around, like you're dripping with sweat. Yeah, like it's a workout, and you're you, you're moving in the same like probably five six foot area for whatever it is hour, you know. And it's like, damn, we just played like eight games of ping pong. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's, that's fun. Um, I heard the other day too. Is there a new PA announcer? At there is. So yeah. talk talk about that. Talk about the import. I want to kind of. I know this is like. Some of the because we talked a lot about the hockey part yeah. last time, so I kind of want to ask you some other weird questions. So, for a lot of these kids going into college, and even as a coach, like having you know the uh, the PA announcers and the people singing or do, I, well, I know Mad Dog used to sing all the time, but like I don't know if that's changed. But um, going through and just having where you have the camera crews and you have the school, you know, PSTV and News Channel Five and all these people that come do the like that must add something to the players. They kind of like that. Because it's like an event for, I mean, it's a big event for these guys and for, you know, the people that go into the game. Sure, yeah. So Mad Dog, he's had a couple health issues the last mm-hmm. few years, and we, we talked him into coming back two years ago. And His he, son came on and said that. Yeah, and, and Mickey, he, yeah. he did an awesome job. Like, Mad Dog is the best. Yeah. And, uh, but this year, he was, he, you know, he wanted to do it again, and he came, and he tried to see if it was going to work out logistically, and he, he just couldn't do it. So... I'm like, hmm, where are we going to get another guy? Yeah. So my neighbor, his name's Brian Watts, who I'm walking the dog again, and I see him. He's out, you know, in the front yard. I'm like, hey, Brian, you know, we just lost our, our, our PA announcer. And he goes, yeah, I'd be good at that. And I go, yeah, I know you would. That's why I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I go, you want to do it? He goes, yeah, because he's, he's the guy, you know, you'll be golfing, and he's doing the commentary. You know, he's yeah. always commentating. So he's like, yeah, I'll do it. I, you know, he came to the games anyway. I'm yeah. like, great. You have a perfect seat. So he started on, on Saturday and, and knocked it out of the park. You know, he, he's, in fact, I just had lunch with him. And he's like, I got all the, uh, the lineups <laughs> for the next two nights. I'm working on them. He's working on his presentation. You know, he's doing the whole nine yards. So we're excited to have him. And, and I think he'll bring his own flair and his own, his own, you know, spin on things. Yeah. So, so does he sing too? He does not. Sing. Okay, I, I just want to, <laughs> to rope him in. And be like, hey, you're, plot twist. You got to also do the national anthem. He probably would try to sing, but I don't think that's going to happen. Do the North Country a favor and yeah, keep that town yeah. to himself to the shower. I mean, he's not right. Right, yeah. and he's not at the bar singing karaoke. But no, so we had um, Janet Dandro, who's a teacher, I believe, at Saranac, sang Saturday night, and she she was awesome. So she's okay. going to come back Friday. And, and she's going to be on the ice this time, not in the penalty box singing. And actually, so people can see her. And I think people will be impressed with her. She was, I thought she was really good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But I think like adding all that little stuff, like I said, adds a production, like just seeing the cameras and the, you know, I think the players coming out, you got the lights and you got her music and you got everything going on. I said, it does, it's got to add a level of motivation to the player. At least when you played, I'm sure, you know, walking out for a game like that, it got your juices flowing pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. The lights go down and they'll think, you know, they got this big thing. You're skating out on the rink and they're calling your name out and all that. Like, I would think it would be a rush for a player. Yep. A PA announcer, it's it's a big part of the program because mm-hmm. they can bring a lot of energy to it. You, can, you know, calling goals or announcing the players when they starting lineups. It's uh, it's a big piece and, and it's not easy. You yeah. know, it's not. 
you know, a lot of it's scripted, but you have to have the right timing. You have to have the confidence in yourself to be able to do it. And especially here, because everybody, they're going to know who it is, yeah. you know, and if you mess up, they're really going to know. So, but I remember like, you know, you get that. So players score and they're going crazy because the PA announcer is going crazy. You're going crazy. Go oh, and everything yeah. else. And the, you know, players are, you know, you're skating by and, and hitting all the guys uh, gloves. But then the crowd gets more into it. Sure. The PAs, like I said, it's, it's kind of like that trickle down effect. Like everybody's from the top down gets pumped up. And next thing you know, the opposing team's got a, you know, a pretty wild next five minutes because the crowd's still kind of, you know, squirreling around. The guy's running with his flag with the, you know, around the stadium. <laughs> and, you know, you got the whole, the whole squad going. So it does become kind of like a, like kind of like a zoo once a goal goes because everybody just gets, it's like normal sports. Like he scored a goal and everybody's just jacked up and riding high for a few minutes. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, now, Question I got to ask: Zamboni, still the same crew, still doing the Zambonis? No, so we got some done. turnover there. <laughs> yeah, he was there as long as I can remember. Yeah, Brad is done; he's retired. Uh, Mark Christensen has left. We've had some turnover, so right now uh, Brady Burley is taking over, and he's our, our um, Zamboni driver and head of you know facilities and. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing a great job still you know still learning he's only been on the job a couple months but he's doing great and and uh you know he's keep the biggest thing you think you just do the zamboni and that's it there's a ton to ice maintenance you know the level the thickness the hardness how cold it is you know it's not just do the zamboni and get off how uh are they there i say most of the day but they're there quite a bit before the game and probably the days leading up to the game just oh brady's yeah full time he's there all all the time all day um what about the the other things too? The band coming out now. I saw the band, saw the drum, I saw the kit there the other day, and then the red zone and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. How's that going? Well, unfortunately, they they had a couple. Something happened Saturday night. They were supposed to start Saturday, so we did. We found a drummer on Friday. He came and he set everything up. Uh, they're supposed to be here this Friday, so we hope fingers are crossed because that that's a big piece to it. Again, it's all part of the atmosphere. It's part, and they're part of the team too. And we met with all of them and emails and, and Matt and the whole nine yards. Like, guys, you're just as big a part of this game day tradition and atmosphere as, as the game. Mm-hmm. And once they kind of figure that out and see, you know, 1,500 people, the 1,500 people are going to watch them too. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so. I went, I went to Notre Dame as a kid, and you look over, and there's like three or four sections over, I, I, whatever the. Uh, one of the corners of the end zone, you get touchdown Jesus or in the corner of that's facing touchdown Jesus. And it's all the, it's just the students. They're dancing the whole time. They got songs, they got chants, they got arm motions and it's nonstop the entire game. It's kind of like a premier league soccer. You just go, 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 go. And it adds to the, adds to the event that you go over and you see the cheer and they're all making like, they're all doing these sways and the whole (laughs) crowd looks like it's like moving. And you know, like I said, it just adds, adds the extra layer. I went to uh, like uh, the, um, the swamp there, the Gators were playing this a couple of years ago nice. and you know, the crowd's getting into it and everybody's doing the chomp chomp thing and mm-hmm. like you can just feel the energy in it, but everybody's doing it. Like this place is like nuts, man. Like SEC football or Notre Dame yeah. football and you know, you start bringing it down to like the college level. If you can replicate that and these teams come in and they see that, it's like they don't realize what a home like when you got like a home ice or home rink advantage that is by just right. adding those little pieces in. Because one, like I said, players feed off of it, but two, it you know, you get the crowd into it. The crowd's gonna mm-hmm. The crowd can tear down some people, you know, like just in general. Like if you're playing in a, like, a, you obviously watch the Ryder Cup. Like it was 99% of it was U.S. Like the, the Europeans, like they're never going to get cheered for ever. So you kind of look at that as like that does have to eat at you a little bit when you're like, geez, these people again, you know, this crowd again. Yeah, yeah. And it's it just sheer volume, you know, and, and Tiger Woods talks about it all the time. The change in, in golf 
uh, crowds now, everybody just screams because they have their phone in their hand. They, mm-hmm. can't, they don't clap. Now, we're in a little bit different situation with masks on in the rink, but it's, it's just all about volume and see how loud you can get. And that's hopefully that's what we can get to. I mean, sometimes it's got to be, it's got to happen naturally, but sometimes you got to nudge them a little bit. Oh, there's, there's, yeah, there's definitely some, uh, yeah, there's manipulation of what you can do. And if the people know what they're doing, like you said, you got the red zone crowd and like the kids or whoever's running it, they know what they're doing. They can start to spark some people and they kind of like, you know, you got to have almost like that maestro of the band kind of sure. deal. And like, you're exactly. the guy that's there. You're, the, you're calling the shots. You're, you know, you get people up and you got to have the person that understands the game and understands something good. And, um, actually a question, you're, you're going to know this. I, I know back in the day, maybe still now there's one ref that everybody seemed to hate. Do you know what I'm talking about? Dislike at Plattsburgh. Is that like a sore subject or do you know, no, you know what I'm no, talking about? I, I, I'm, I, and my, the first name that comes to my mind is Mike St. Louis. That's the guy I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> now what's, what's this background on that? Cause I've, I never knew even when I was there, it's like, I don't know. People just don't like this guy. I don't know if he's a bad ref. Was he like a guy from an opposing team or something? No, actually, he's from Lake Placid. He's an awesome guy. Okay, and I figured. Like, I've heard someone say that he's not a bad guy, and people like always ragged on this guy. Yeah, I think it was just the fans had fun with him, and Mike would show his emotion too. So they'd know he's, you know, he'd he'd respond almost to the crowd but and playfully uh, or like actually pissed. Sometimes both. Yeah. Sometimes depending both, on the game. Yeah, and Mike's an awesome guy, and it done a lot of hockey games at Plattsburgh and all over the North yeah, Country yeah. as far as college hockey. So. I just remember he used to come up and people would rag on this guy. I'm like, God, this poor guy again. Like he's what's <laughs> he <laughs> getting beat up? I yeah. said the game hasn't started yet, and they're already booing him. Like, well, and that's the other thing. Like, did, is, he throw, is, did he throw out? Did he throw out Moffat during a big game? You know, yeah. like like. Are they booing him or saying St. Louis? I don't know, you know, so. I was going to say a little conspiracy, a little yeah. however you want to hear it. Right. Yeah, right. no. I, th- I think back in the day, these were some boos. At, <laughs> le- at least the people that maybe didn't know, they should. It's kind of like when you have a, like, what's, what's it, like when you have a sports player and have a name where it sounds like a boo, but it's really right. not. And right. they're just saying it. And they're like, oh, okay, like, it's, that's just his chant. Yeah. Um, so um, now going into the beginning of the season, like, what's the first, because we obviously we talked about the, uh, it's, not, it's not the prime, like, what's it called now? First Light. First Light. Okay. That's a new company. So going into First Light, what's the schedule like going into fir- the First Light tournament? And then after that, is that pretty much the end? Of, or do you have, because typically you have like a game around like the early part of December, right? Yep. So we play obviously this weekend. Then next weekend's a huge weekend. I mean, they're all big, but Cortland Oswego. Mm-hmm. So everybody, that's opening Suniacs. Opening Suniac. That's everybody gets excited for that. And then we're down at, at Brockport Jenny the following weekend. Oh, then we then we're in Cortland, or not Cortland, Buffalo, uh, Buff and Fredonia, mm-hmm. the nineteenth, and then it's first light. So we're away basically all of November. And you play home and away against every team, right? Yeah, once in the first semester, home in the first, or home, um, but, yeah. and then flip flopping. Because I like again, I we follow soccer and soccer. They don't do that. Soccer, they just play away. Like you might not play the same team home. You just right. play them away. So it's kind of like a condensed season. Um, so when you guys, so you'll have. Uh, before the semester's done, you'll have six SUNYAC games completed? No, because uh, we'll have eight. Eight, And we'll okay, play one. Potsdam and Marsville in December. And Morrisonville's part of SUNYACs, right? Yep. And what about Canton? Are they? No. But, they, but do you still play them? Uh, not this year. Okay. We have played them quite a bit in the past. We're not playing them this year, though. Um, now, when you travel, what's your favorite? Again, obviously it's better to play home, but if you had to travel, where's your favorite place to travel to? Um, I like playing Oswego. Geneseo's got a great. They both teams have really good atmospheres in their rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably the two most fun. Norwich is a good atmosphere too. Um, 
So they, they'd probably be the three best. And I'm assuming Buff State and Fredonia just purely because of the distance? <laughs> um, this year it's not bad because it's in the fall. Mm-hmm. So that we shouldn't hit any snow. Yeah. Oh, that's it's too, yeah. January and February when you're out there and, you know, you <laughs> say it all the time. You'll be in Fredonia. It's like 10 o'clock. You're getting on the bus, 9.30, 10 o'clock. You got your pizzas, you know, the whole night. Hopefully you won. Yeah. So you don't have a quiet bus ride home. Yeah. And you're eating your pizza. So now it's like 11, and you, you look out the window, and you see Welcome to Buffalo, and you're like, we're at Buffalo, it's 11 o'clock. Yeah. And, and, and it's not like, a normal nine-hour ride on a bus. It's, uh, yeah. Well, it's probably not terrible, because it's like a, one of the Prevo buses or coach it's buses. It's a beautiful but, bus, but it's still long. Yeah. You know, and you, you get home, and you're just like, oh, man. So you travel through the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you get home at 5 in the morning. Ugh. and. Yeah, so all the other coaches, like Geneseo's like, I can't stand coming to you guys and playing. I'm like, you do that once a year. You know, every other time, they're home and they're in their own bed. Yeah. I'm like, we do that like four times a year, you know? Yeah. We do it every weekend. There's no quick trip. (laughs) No. There's no quick trip. (laughs) Nothing. uh, Like I said, when I was playing sports, like I went to Shay-Z. Our closest home game was Willsboro. Right. Which on a bus is over an hour. And then you start going further down 87. And it's like, we never had any of the local teams. You yeah. play our non-conference. We would play at the beginning of the year against PHS or Beekman Town or something. But they're getting regular season. And you'd have people complaining that they're willing to the Northeastern to play a game. Like, shut up. Like, get out of here. <laughs> I, exactly. like, that's, that's not an away game. That's your home. You don't even go stop to eat. You go home and eat dinner at your own house. Right, like, right. We stop at some convenience store on like, you know, exit 35 on the way home at eight <laughs> o'clock at night to yeah. grab a subway, you know? And that's, oh, yeah. Uh, so... What's out of all the, the are most of the arenas updated now? The away arenas, still um, some old old yeah, ones. Yeah, that... so the Suniacs are actually Jenny's just redoing theirs. I, I think they're starting next year. They'll put seats in theirs. Uh, Swigos is gorgeous. Buffalo's how it's kind of always been like the the bleachers, but it's a good setup. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Fredonia the same thing. They only have bleachers on one side. Cortland's on both sides. Potsdam only has one side too. Right? Potsdam's only one side, but it's it's fairly new within the last probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice. So most of the rinks are nice and they're, and they're getting nicer. Do you prefer to have crowd all the way around or do you prefer to have one side and crowd on the other side? I just like it crowded. Yeah. If, and I mean, but is that, it, I but, mean, it must be quieter though. If you have nobody behind you. Yeah. It's a little easier to talk with the players, but you just want whatever rink you're in. If it's 3000 people, you want 3000 in there. If it's 300, you want 300 in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want it crowded to f- have that feel, you know, that it's packed. So, so it's worse to have kind of empty seats. In. Yeah, absolutely. Like even, even on an away game, you'd rather have it packed with their fans versus empty seats. Oh yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's now nah, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, I'm like, I remember seeing, um, Potsdam's like ice and, or their rink and like, you kind of start up and you look down because basically you just go in and walk straight down, right? right? Yep. From what I remember. So looking at that, I looked at that. I'm like, plastic is way nicer. Like that, the place looks like a dump compared. But again, it's it. You're looking at it just looking down over everything. I'm sure playing wise and look up. There's a crowd full of people. It's still cool because there's a crowd full of people. Yeah, they have a good setup there. I mean, they couldn't blow out a wall and, and make it. You know, because that's the a, exterior, right? I think you guys are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cold over there. I tell you what. Like, <laughs> there's been nights where you you lean back up against that wall, you stick. <laughs> you know, it's you have frost on that wall. It's freezing. Over um, there. do you like having to wear suits to games? Or is that just? It's, and, fu- <laughs> it's funny you say that because is, is I that, don't know is where that a dress started. code. We don't have like a like a set dress. Like so, code. if you if you showed up like. What you're wearing now, or with a pole over it said Plastic State on it, like nobody's gonna sit there and be like, "Oh my God, look at Moffat." 
Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't know why we wear suits, to be honest with you. I wish we could wear. I'd like to go like Bill Belichick, you know, and just, just cut off, just cut, cut off this. Sleeves and yeah, imagine if you did it. Just just, <laughs> just rolled in, fun. rolled into the, the the first light, and be like, who is this guy? <laughs> just talk to the press, but yeah, we, we won. Yeah. Like, all right, thanks, right, thanks, Steve. Right. <laughs> so no, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the rink too. Like, so our rink suits fine. Mm-hmm. Potsdam again. We don't, well, we don't wear suits over there anymore because it's too cold. Really? Especially in January, you're freezing and you stick to the back of the wall. And you're like, oh, so you, it really is that cold. Oh, yeah, it's that cold. So, so what, do you, what do you guys wear? So for we that? just wear like a parka. You know, we really? Get, we get bundled up over there. But most rinks are not, are not super cold. Because Plattsburgh's very comfortable. Beautiful. Yeah, like I go, I mean, you typically wear a jacket and pants, but it's, not, it's more because the ice coming off the ice versus the actual temperature. Yep. The, I mean, the inside's nice. Yep. You go in the lobby, it's a normal, normal building. So um, that's funny. I didn't, I didn't think of that. But I think, like I look at other sports, like there doesn't seem like there's like a, you know, watching soccer, watching baseball. Like baseball, they dress as the players. In soccer, they <laughs> typically wear shorts and a, like a, maybe a polo or something like right. that. But like hockey, everybody dresses up. We were at the game the other day. It was when you guys had the red-white game. And uh, the players started to come in all dressed up like in suits which is i mean it's nice to see like kids getting dressed up but it's it's also it's funny because like they're showing up and then you see other kids showing up and they're just it's like the different culture of different sports yeah and it, and also your, your players were showing up with beanies on so i wasn't sure i'm like which 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 again i was just kind of like that's definitely a hockey thing they had a full suit on and then they had like a beanie and, and in my was, head i'm like half these guys are from canada this isn't that cold yeah it was like 70 that day it was too. beautiful yeah <laughs> i'm like maybe it's just a look maybe they have the hair that's like that weird like the, the flow that's getting in their eyes they want to pull it back I, it's just funny they all roll in yeah yeah sometimes you just gotta let them go yeah they're, you know? they're kids they're you're just kids. It's a bigger fish to fry right you got bigger bigger things to focus on right as long as but i do think some of that is is pretty cool to wear suits whether it's the coaches or the players because it is a little bit of a tradition and mm-hmm. and it kind of trickles down from the nhl and the d1 teams yeah. do it and so so we do it you know there's what like, also adds that layer of like today's game day, but right. with a suit on, it's game right. day. It's and game. then like, if nothing else, it's a mental trigger when they leave the dorm or leave the apartment of like, I'm going to the game. Yep. Um, you know, which I think is cool. And I remember as a kid at the end of the game, you know, it, you're, you might be mingling and hanging out with people. And also you start seeing the players walk out. And of course, when you're a little kid seeing a player walk out in a suit, like that's one of the players, yep. even though, you know, they're, you're young 20 something year old kids, but it's still a big deal. We start dealing with the youth around here sure. that, um, again, there's, kids that go to every one of your games a lot of them you know and they look at the players especially the kids that play hockey and I'm, you know you've worked with a lot of the kids locally like that's got to be kind of a cool do you i mean do you go over that with the players at all much about like the the idea of like their role within like as like role models for younger kids and things like that yeah just just in general around town i mean mm-hmm. these guys they kind of stick out on campus because and not because they play on the hockey team but they're they're older <laughs> yeah. i mean they're older kids so they do kind of stick out and, and and they travel in packs, right? So somebody's gonna know somebody in that pack and, and they, they have to be on their best behavior. They got they got they did some <laughs> I'll tell you, they they didn't do a great thing. They were playing golf, they were having some fun, but and it might have been them, it might not have been them, but I had to come and talk to them about it. It's like, guys, you have to know that people know that you're here. All, yeah. And it, even if they don't, you have to you have to think that way, that people know that the Plattsburgh State hockey team is there and I think they were having some fun they were playing in a little Ryder Cup tournament and hey and I, I, I it's fun man I was that a bluff uh no is that the barracks this year so but well the 
Okay, so keep going. So, yeah, my, I guess my point being to the team and, and to kind of answer your question is, yeah, you are, a, I don't know if you're a role model, but you're in the public eye mm-hmm. and you have to act that way and you have to know who's around and who isn't around. And, and you're going to get in trouble that a normal kid doing the same exact thing, nobody will say two things about. But Well, they also don't know how to track them down. Plastic State, we know Steve. Like, I mean, that's, and that's normal sports. Like, I know how to get in touch with somebody on the team that's going to know how to get in touch with that kid. Yeah. If it's some so. other kid that you're like, I don't know, blonde-haired kid, you know, six foot tall. Like, you have no place to identify him. But like Plastic State hockey, boom, right. I know a contact. And um, the reason I'm saying is I played a bunch at Bluff this year. And I'm starting to see, which is awesome, like a resurgence of golf of like, there's a ton of college kids that play golf. Mm. Like I show up and you got foursomes all over the place. And of course I kind of play, I, I played back in the, back in the day um, when nobody played, like it was hard to like, I had a couple buddies that played and that was it. Like nobody else played golf. And now I'm starting to see a lot of people play, which is awesome. Yeah. But now I'm out there with like speakers and we're just playing music yeah. and having fun. And it's more laid back and kids are out just kind of joking around and having a good time. But I'm seeing some of these guys might've been some of the hockey players, but they were out playing bluff and you'd, you know, you'll, you'll go out and you'll see like, multiple foursomes out there just a bunch of college guys playing i'm like i love it like yeah. i like it's i mean one i love the sport but two it's cool to see the growth of it and i think a lot of it has to do with the cell phones and you know whether it's barstool sports or these podcasts or these you know instagram accounts that are starting to make the game a little more prevalent but i think the 20 30 year olds at least from a golf perspective that's completely shot up just in the amount of people that play it like i don't remember having this much traction when i was a kid amongst that younger generation it was always like the old man sport now it's like these kids showing up you know hitting drives wearing like you know wearing hoodies on the course sure. now like you sure. see like the you know the guys at the Ryder cup wearing hoodies and i'm like that's cool because i wear a hoodie when i play like right. i don't care less Be like, comfy. give me a sweatshirt or whatever and like yeah it's about comfort like yeah. Yeah. um do you play at all with the guys no, they don't invite me for no. some reason. Is it, are any of the guys better sticks than you? <laughs> I have no idea. I've never played with them. Probably because the way I played this year, I'm terrible. But um, we get the young guys shoot the swing out of their shoes and are limber, and you know, like I said, they, they can just swing for the fences, and you're like, ah, you know, gotta maybe gotta dial back that uh, that hybrid a little bit or dial back that three wood. Yeah. The other thing I think that helped around here anyway is is the online courses. So like last year, the kids. They didn't have anything to do. I mean, they had their courses they had to take, yeah. but they weren't going to class. Yeah. So they're like, I'm going to go golf. Yeah. And then they found out that, oh, it's pretty, pretty affordable around here to get a college membership. Yeah. So now I think it's going to be an every, every year thing until there's a group of kids that don't play golf. You know, it's, it's also it's, cyclical too, you know, with, yeah. uh, with, with our team anyway, um, about how many play. I just think it's good. I think, like, you see a lot of pro sports athletes, like basketball, hockey, a lot of those guys, like baseball, like the off days, they play golf, and it's like just a relaxation, like camaraderie thing, you know, you bust each other's balls a little bit about playing, and it doesn't feel like you're, you know, it it, kind of just gets you to, like, to be competitive, but more of a, like, you're not playing for a spot. You're playing against somebody to have bragging rights or who's buying a sandwich at the end of the turn, you know? It's like, like I said, I think a lot of that adds to the team building aspect in a fun way because it's tough. I mean, you always see like girls teams a lot of times do like these team building exercises because I think, you know, girls kind of feed off that guys are, I think are a little more chill. They're like, I don't really need to do that. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm not, in a, I'm not you know, I don't need to like, just kind of, I just think guys sometimes be a little more laid back and just enjoy each other's company. And then that gets to, you know, I think going golfing is the perfect thing to build right. a team, team morale or whatever, whatever you got to do to, to build it up. Is there stuff that you have to work at that or does that come pretty naturally? Guys come in and kind of just look at the older guys and just kind of gel in and you know, the older guys are very accepting of the new guys and it just kind of becomes this easy turnover or is it 
most of the time it is fairly easy. We always try to do a couple things. Uh, you know, the guys golf on their own, so that's good. You know, we do a team hike. We always have a bowling tournament at, at Christmas or, or Thanksgiving. Uh, the guys are together all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much more team building you can do when they're, they're in the locker room, they're watching TV, listening to tunes, whatever. Yeah. Then they go eat together. <laughs> you know, and then they... They go to class and then they have study hall together, half of them, you know, so they're with each other. Do you find it sometimes together too much where you tell them to take breaks? <laughs> I mean, that's without saying like, don't talk to, don't talk to Mike, like go, but like kind of one of those deals like, Hey man, like go home for the weekend or go, you know? Yeah. Well, we don't tell them, you know, to do that. I think it happens kind of organically, you know, at the end of the semester, they're ready. You know, yeah. once finals are here, they're ready to go home. They just went like probably 10 weeks balls out from you know their training hockey school games the whole nine yards by december 15th or whenever they go home they're like take a breath yeah go spend some time with mom and dad and the brother and sister and, and then come back in a couple weeks rejuvenated for the next 10 weeks that's going to be the same thing so do you find when they come back from break it's like energy levels high yeah yep. excited yep. like they're pumped to be back and and what when do you guys start the playoffs is it mid-february or is it early February? Uh, late February. Late it is February. late February. Yep. So, so the SUNYACs would go all the way through and that yep. the SUNYAC tournament would actually start then. Yep, late February. And then we hopefully go to maybe when? like March 16th or the 22nd. When's the Final Four? Is that weekend, like the March. It, okay. Because yeah, the good thing with like, there's only so many people that make it. So the playoffs aren't super long, which is nice. Like I find that like sometimes, at least in pro sports, they drag on where you said if you can get in and the playoffs is no more than a, maybe a month, like that's nice. Yeah, the, our SUNYAC and NCAAs would be probably a month if you went all the way. And SUNYACs, is it still top six? Top six. And top two by... Yep. Which I think I think the NFL has it right, and I think baseball just switched to that too, right? The playoffs, where they get like a play-in, but I think there's they have a bye. Because it used to be baseball. Was, would you have four... Three three teams made it, and the two wild card teams played, and then he got in, and that was it. I think so. Or no, yeah. it was just the one wild card. They had only four teams. Like you play right. 162 games, and I think like a quarter of the teams make the playoffs, which is crazy considering hockey and basketball. It's like pretty much what 50 percent. Like yeah. Nah, yeah, as long as you're not bad during the playoffs, and it's like well, <laughs> it's like, you kind of want to have the excelling t- the team that excel in the playoffs there. Yeah. Um, has Plattsburgh knowledge? How many players from Plattsburgh have gone on to play in the NHL? Has there Oh, NHL. Is it limited? Cause yeah, Rick Strack. Strack. Yeah, he was. He had a cup of coffee with the Rangers. Um, hmm. Nick Sumberg had some time with the Rangers. I don't know if he ever dressed. I can't remember if he ever. Like but he was in squad. camp. He was in camp. Nick Rolls was in the uh, Red Wings camp. Uh, Joey Ferris must have been. He must have had a. A shot at some point. Chris Panic was drafted by the Kings in '87. So, I mean, we've had a we've had a few guys. How many D three guys go to the draft? In a so year that was year? a little bit different back then. They had a supplemental draft, so okay. he wasn't in the, the 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 first draft. He was in the supplemental draft. Um, but each year, more and more kids are are getting opportunities. There's yeah. a lot of guys that are you know getting AHL shots. You know. Um, to get to the NHL, I mean, well, we're yeah. talking, we're talking the elite of the elite. So, 
And some, uh, some of those many. guys, too, when they go, they just physically have... Like, sometimes you're just like, I'm really good. But again, my physicalness is like, just I can't compete with that. Or my speed or whatever sure. is just... Because like I said, when you get, to the, you get to the pro level with anything or a professional or top elite of the elite at some point in time, it's like there, there's a certain like level that like most people just don't have that. Like those players have just something different and made up where it's like they can they can draw, make that gap. And you get like baseball, you might get like a Dustin Pedroia who just works his tail off and like literally gets more than probably what he should get out of himself. But again, that that takes a special person. Like a lot, of, a lot of times you need that, like the size or the strength or the speed or, you know, just that little bit that a normal person probably wouldn't have. Yeah. The um, practice habits of the, of the guys, even, okay. even the guys that we see that came from transferred in from D one, their practice habits are just a little bit better or a little bit more consistent. So for me, consistent, and what do you mean by like practice habits? Just how hard they work, you know, how fast they, they skate, um, you know, if they stop on a puck instead of turning on a puck, you know, how they compete one-on-one. Um, it's just a little bit better, you know, and and they were playing against guys that were better than them, you know, so practicing against guys better than them. So I think the consistency piece of it too, you, you know, you talk, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know, a lot of times, but this guy's, he's that good all the time, never every lets day, up. never lets up. And I think that's, that's what happens with a guy that's in an NHL or an AHL or a division one guy versus a D, D3 guy. I've heard too, I'm from hockey. And again, I'm totally going to lean on you on this answer, but guys talk about like their hands and stuff. When you get to like, you get to like the NHL, like how soft their hands are. And like, you start like the puck never bounces off their stick. Like they literally can just, everything you throw it to, it's almost like catching in a glove. It, um, how much is that like, where you can just see that like skill level where that touch is just something that like maybe you don't have it at the D3 or even like the like the in the D1 level but the upper echelon they just have like some skills you're just like wow that's incredible. Yeah, oh no question. I mean, just overall skill levels different at different levels whether you're an elite D3 guy or elite D1 guy or an NHL guy. Um, you know, I was listening to a a podcast with um Kevin Bieksa, he's a ex-NHL, or talk, played for Vancouver. He's talking about Henrik and Daniel Sedin, mm-hmm. two twins, elite, elite NHL guys. And I've never heard of I never thought about this. They talked about the spin that they put on their passes depending on what hand they were passing to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm like, what? I, I mean, I know, obviously, the puck spins mm-hmm. when you shoot it, but I'm like, they controlled the spin of the pass. Like that's crazy. That's like that's another stratosphere type thing that never even, never even but what's, crossed my mind. What's crazy when you get to that level? It's like all the other stuff that you would think of is second nature. They don't even think about it. that's automatic. Yeah, that's like oh, we're putting that on auto. Now I'm thinking about this stuff that you, like I said, don't even like. Again, back to golf. I was at uh, this was 2005. We were down in uh, Baltusrol, New Jersey, for the tournament for the PGA. Tiger Woods gets up. It's a 505-yard downhill right-to-left par four. Pulls it left on a dogleg left into the woods. It was kind of like – it was one of those that goes and kind of slopes down. So it's not a severe dogleg, but it does go right to left. Pulled it into the left woods. He's up there, and, of course, I'm – I don't know at the time, probably like high school. I like run up. I get behind him. So I'm probably like me to – not much farther from me to the doorway. Like we're there enough so he can swing this his club – and of course, you have the whole crowd around him. I had it literally ball fell right there. Everybody's sitting there, like, yeah, he's probably just going to punch it down, roll it down there, kick it on, and get on. You yeah. can't see the green. 
huge tree in the way, can't see a thing. And people are talking about what he's going to do, what he's going to do. He's looking, he grabs a club. Steve Williams is on the back at the time, so he's like grabbing the club. You can just see him. They're not really saying much. He's just kind of looking. All of a sudden, he gets up, and we're like, okay, he's just going to punch this down low. He hits it low under the tree. It rises up, turns left, and lands on the green. And I remember sitting there watching that, and, and, it, and it was like you just said. I'm like, that. I never even saw that shot in my mind. Right. And here right. he is being like, okay, not only do I see it, I'm going to pull it off. And I'm just like, that's just a totally another level. Like everybody was just like, hey, he's, I would punch it out there, but he's good. He's going to punch it down way down there. He's like, no, I'm going to go under a tree, curve it left, and land on the green. I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's right. It's like, yeah. It's in just P- incredible. PGA Tour rough and – you know, PGA oh my god, major! This is a major, and like you got the crowds and everything, and it's like, no, this isn't under you know the home the home links at the public muni. Like this guy went hooked it around and put it on the green. The crowd goes crazy. I'm like, oh okay, like yeah, I didn't see that shot. And it's a 500 yard par four. It was five, I remember this distinct because the shot was like so great in my mind. It was a 505 yard right to left. It might have been hole like three or four on the day, um, or th- number three or four, and it just went and it hooked around and. Because we had seen a pro put it there before, a couple, and they all went and hit the same, like, they hit it kind of under the tree, rose, and landed back down. And he went down, up, and, like, I'm like, I don't even know how you get your ball to move like that. Right. Like, typically, you just hit it on a trajectory, and it kind of falls down. Yeah. Like, he was, like, up, rose up, hooked left. I'm like, oh, my God. But that was, but we talk about, like, seeing these guys that, like, they they can pull off stuff that we can't even see. Yeah. Like, he's, you know, like, passing, putting spin on it. It's like, you don't even think about that. And, yeah. again, you've played, you know, hockey your whole life at a pretty high level, and it's like, wow, that's... Like, it's not even in your mind, let alone these guys. Like, oh, no, that's like, yeah, something we have to actually fuck, like, focus on. And doing that at NHL pace. Yeah. Not just standing there and, and how, messing with a spin, but in a game, actually. How, how much faster is the um, NHL versus, like, a D1 versus, like, a D3? Like, the speed that they just... Significantly, yeah. Significantly. When I, I saw, again, when I talk about Notre Dame, we went there, and the men's... It was random. We found out soccer was playing... Um, the Friday night we were there, so it was after the pep rally, we went and watched Notre Dame play Pittsburgh. The pace that they played at, I've never seen soccer played at that fast of pace. Like everybody was just quick. Everybody like everybody's run looked like a sprint that I've normally used to. And they would just turn they do it the whole game. And I'm like, right. this is incredible how fast they can go. And then that's what I say, you put them on like I have been you know, up to watch the Habs play and stuff and you see how quick these guys play, but obviously I'm not on the ice you know, and you guys see it every single day, like just how fast those guys play, how hard they play, how hard they like the pass the puck and they can catch it, and the, you know, in stride. And it, it, yeah, it's and it's not necessarily that. Obviously, foot speed is is one part of it being fast, and and that kind of diminishes. You know, a D one guy is going to skate pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, D three guy, the, the real good D three guys skate pretty well, but it's it's the, the quickness that they think they game. It's the quickness that they, you know, they pass pucks and how or how crisp the passes are, that helps you play faster, right? What about so, positioning? Position. I've heard Wayne Gretzky talk about this. He's just like he could read the game so many passes ahead of the time that he just knew where to be. Sure, and sure. It, which and again, I I'm sure a lot of players have that, but obviously for him to have as many goals as he had and assists and everything else, like he just was spot. So you're like, I didn't even think the puck was going to get there, and he's like, No, I just know the game. It's going to go there. It's all patterns, right? Yeah. So, and the good guys can figure out a pattern faster than an average guy. And it's like same same with soccer. You're you're putting, you can almost lead guys to spaces too. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I played soccer when I was young, but I'm sure you can. All right, you have your wing over here. 
and you want to get it to them, you hook it around and into a spot and they run you in. You draw it. people out and kind of, yeah. you know, or like even even just getting someone's momentum shifted one way for a half a second, just enough to make the pass behind them. And sure. this is any sport. It's like sp- sports, there's a lot of uh, deception, like deviate, like just, just, you know, trying to throw a guy off slightly. You see it all the time in basketball, do like a quick like jab or head fake. All of a sudden the guy leaves his foot or yep. his weight's off. Let's go the other way and cut him up. And it's, you know, I think... There's a lot of little nuances in that. Do you find that there's a lot of guys at each level they get better at that? I think they sell stuff a little better. Yeah, for sure. Like kind of just even, even just like a little shimmy or something. All of a sudden, the next thing you know, the guys on the ground or you know lanes open, and you make the pass. Well, and then you throw in okay, you you want to make that move, mm-hmm. and then you're you're pa- I'm passing it to you. Well, what hand are you? Are you a righty or a lefty? Well, if I if you're a righty and I pass it to you like you're a lefty, you're gonna catch it on your backhand. Yeah, that's gonna stopped. slow things down. Yeah. If I get, catch you on your forehand, you, you keep going. If I lead you to certain certain areas, you're going to be able to skate into it, you know, without without breaking stride. So that's where it gets to be fast. That's where the guys. It's not necessarily the speed that you're skating. It's the speed that you're you're executing plays and the speed that you're thinking uh, of them. How many? Um, if you had to split your team up, right to lefties, what's what's a percentage wise? We have right now. We have more lefties than righties. Um, is that common in hockey? It seems to be a little bit, especially the Canadian guys. For some reason, seem to be lefties. Like, are they left-hand dominant, or is it just the way they grew up? Like, because I, I look at most people are right-handed in the world, and then you look at, you know, take again baseball. Majority of the guys that step up to the plate are gonna be right-handed. Yep. You might, I, you know, you're gonna maybe have twenty-five percent are left-handed. But I always find hockey seems like there's a disproportion. Take golf. There's very rarely lefties. They, I mean, there are some, right? But they don't. There's not a lot. And it seems like hockey, there's a lot of left-handed players. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the reason now why. It's not like you can't get left-handed sticks or you can't get right-handed sticks. Yeah, like they just grew up playing. Yeah, yeah. so. And now where would you position, again, a hockey, like if you had a right-hand guy, is he pretty much playing the right side, left guy and left? Or is it sometimes nice to have the guy where he can have his stick on the inside yep. facing inward? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's pluses and minuses to playing on your offside, mm-hmm. a righty playing on his left. Versus a guy playing on a strong side, so it it boils down to the guy's skill set and what he's comfortable with. You're always trying to put guys where they can be successful, and if he's not real comfortable on his offside or a strong side, what you know you don't want to put him there. You want to make sure that he's. So doing you do best. factor that in, sure. sure. Um, and now, and again, like I said, if a guy's good with his backhand, that would be something you could utilize. Yeah, and you know, if you're on your offside. People think it's harder to break out. It's actually easier because you're already you're kind of actually your back is facing the defenseman, so you can protect it a little bit easier. When you come in, you're kind of facing the net instead of facing the corner. Um, you know, you can cut to the middle. You're on your forehand side, so it's, it's just how guys adapt to it and and what they feel comfortable and their skill set again. Is there anything in hockey that you want to see? Um, Let's take hockey and let's take D3. Is there anything that you would like to see changed on either side? Any rules, any any ways that things go about, any customs that you're like, that should evolve and change now? I think hockey, if you get a penalty, you should not be able to put your penalty killers out right away. So meaning, Plattsburgh takes a penalty and we have, you know, our numbers are 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 or our five guys out there and 7 takes the penalty. 8, 9, 10, and 11 should have to stay on the ice to start. So why should you take a penalty? Why should you put your best penalty killers out there? Yeah, because it's a dead dead puck. People, then you can swap out guys right yeah, then. Yeah, why? 
that's not like we're trying to score more goals, trying to have more fun. Everybody likes more goals. Mm-hmm. So why, why do we award you? And, oh, you put your four best guys out after you just took that penalty. I don't, I don't think – I think that should be changed. Yeah, because then you're giving you're, – you're taking a huge disadvantage or you're, your disadvantage now becomes not as bad because, like, let's put our best four defensive penalty kill guys out versus – now, is there – now, once the puck's dropped, in theory, you could you – can, we can obviously um, sub the guys out, but they still have to kind of play with the puck and make sure that the puck's at the, you know, neutral end or at the other end. Right, whatever, so. exactly. So, but that, that – maybe they're tired. Maybe they were out there for mm-hmm. a minute and they're tired. And now we win the face-off. And now we have them stuck in their zone. Well, our chances of scoring goals is going up dramatically. Do you think the, the, the team that's on the penalty, on the power play, should have kids switch out their five guys? Yes. So just to be the team that's getting... It's def- just the team that took the penalty should not be able to change. I don't think that's a bad idea because it, it's, it's, it, mean, it adds more weight to the severity of getting a penalty. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Anything else you can think of that... Uh, NHL-wise, I, I don't like the trapezoid at all. I don't, That's behind the net? Behind the net. I think it's backwards, actually. So it encourages... Yeah, it go was, over the rule then on it, that one. Yeah, so the trapezoid, it was encouraged so the goalies wouldn't play the puck. Well, they can play it within the trapezoid. Well, the trapezoid's right by the net. It should be the opposite. Hey, if you want to play it, you can play it outside the trapezoid. If you want to skate all the way into the corner and play it, go ahead. Because... So what's the rule of the trapezoid? They can only touch the puck in the trapezoid? Yeah, the goalie can only play it, like make a pass in the trapezoid. Okay, so outside the trapezoid, the goalie's got to stay in the net. Right, he can't play it. So I think it's backwards. What was the advantage of that? So like... Or why would that be put into play? Because I know they went a few years ago, they wanted to try to get more goal scored, so was that part of it? Well, the goalies got so good at being able to move pucks, Mm -hmm. and they were like another defenseman, so you dump the puck in, they'd play it, they pass it out, and and your forecheck was was non-existent, right? Like Martin Berdour, Ron Hextall, all, all the goalies can play it now, but those guys kind of started it. And then they, they're like, all right, we'll put the trapezoid in. That'll keep the goalies in the net from playing the puck. Well, they made the rule that rule, but the rule is it's behind the net where every goalie plays, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So it really hasn't so really it just hasn't took, changed it. So it just took away the corners, right? right. So, um, so I get what you're saying. So if they were to go behind the net, then that would basically at one, it'd add more time too, because I'm saying for the players, because they get down and get the puck, but it's that the goalie's got to stay in there. It's easier to go out and dump it off. Yeah. So I mean, I see what you're going with it. So the, yeah, it would stop. Like if somebody rims a puck around the net, it would stop the goalie from coming out to get it. Yeah. And just sticking a stick and there stick and, and, a stick and then stopping it. And then they break it out. And there's He's, more risk to go out and get that corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want to play it in the corners, go for it. Yeah. Knock yourself out. The, uh, I also think goalies should be full free game if they're out there. Now, what's the rule? How do they, don't they have to be past with the hash marks, whatever they call it, like off the off the circles? Wasn't it past that you could hit them? Like ah, no, you really can can't touch them. But again, if they want to go out there, they should be free game. They're all six foot five; they can take care of themselves. I always thought it was like if you get out of the like out of the crease, you you're putting yourself at harm's way. Like you become a, I say field player, but you become a you become a you know any other player out there. Like as soon as you leave the crease or leave. You know, whatever their your statute of limitations of like you can't touch me, and then I think at that point, like if you're going out, then it's for, like I said, if you're going out, you shouldn't be able to go out and have immunity to get hit. Like right. that's absolutely seems that does seem bizarre to me because like again, it's the risk reward aspect of it. It's like how bad do you want to get that puck, or do you want to get hit on a guy skating full speed down the right. uh, giving you an open hit? Like, right. what's the craziest thing you've seen in hockey? Oh, actually, I want to not even uh, like some a game you were in. 
like a goalie scoring or was there some like weird thing that maybe that doesn't happen too often that you, you remember distinctively that I played in or coached in like anything um, that jumps out as like odd player like wow that was actually like a weird never seen that before so this I actually saw this I was not involved with this game but I was I played with this player so and I saw it on social media the other day and this is probably five or six years old by now uh, Mike Legg who played at Michigan, and then I played with him when I played pro in Columbus. He, you've seen the lacrosse goals where they pick up the puck and they put it in. He basically started like, that. Dumped it over? Right. Yep. So he's, he was behind the net in Michigan, and he picks it up, and he puts it in. This is, this is 20 years ago. You know, he did this. So he played at Michigan. There was, uh, and I can't remember the two other, there were two other Michigan alumni at this game. So it was a shootout, Scoro. Right, they were down at the far end at the hash marks, and the score was only maybe a foot wide. First guy gets up, he knocks it in. Right, the place goes crazy. Michigan, the whole stadium's going nuts. Like that doesn't happen much, right? The second guy gets up, same thing, right in the net. So now that now the place is you know going berserk. So Mike Leg gets up, he picks it up lacrosse style, throws it down the ice like a, like a lacrosse ball, yeah. and it goes in. And that's probably the cra- – and it wasn't even a game, but that was probably one of the craziest things I've seen at a rink. I, I will say the uh, the NHL – the skills challenge from NHL weekend is one of the most entertaining things in sports. Like I, I find – like because they have basketball has it, but it's not as fun. Like yeah. you have to slam dunk contest everybody likes. But like the skill challenge in hockey, there's some cool stuff like the speed of the puck, like how fast – the, the 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 skate, yep. just the pure like speed skate. Like there's so many cool things because then it starts adding like almost uh, – you know, back in the day, you'd have like the Olympic Games in your class or whatever. Like, it's like who's the best, like fastest kid in your class? But you start seeing this on the NHL level. It's like impressive how fast they can, like, well, one, how hard their shots are, two, how fast they go. And then there was another one, I think, with passing or shooting. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of cool to watch what they can do with, like, a, you know, what I think it looks pretty hard. And they, you know, make it look easy, even though, obviously, again, upper echelon and elite of the elite at that point. Yeah. And, and sometimes we forget how young those guys are. Like oh, yeah. they're, they're 20 to 25, most of them, you know, they're kids and they're, and they're just having fun out there. I mean, yeah, you have obviously a ton of guys in their thirties, but the game's a young man's game right now. When, uh, what's the age typically guys start leaving the league? If, if they were to play like a full, not like they go in for a couple of years and, you know, didn't make the cup, but like guys that like they were locked for their team. Do you think like 35, do you think it's. I, I would say probably. I mean, unless you're uh, uh, Yammer Yager there, who's yeah. probably like 60 right now kicking it. Chara is, I think, 42 or 43. That's impressive. But, yeah. Um, I would say probably 30. Now you start 30 to 33. Do you because you can, get guys, you can get guys out of college or juniors that are do just the same for a lot less money. Do you think that – well, that, yeah, it makes sense. Do you think that um, the age would, is going down or going – could potentially go up? Down. You think it's always down? Because yeah. I look at, I mean, you talk about like people just like take it like a Tom Brady, like still, I mean, he's obviously really takes care of himself, but when you start having guys that can prolong their career longer because of, you know, whether it be science or nutrition or, or recovery. Um, but then obviously, like you said, the guys get better and better and better, quicker, quicker, quicker. And all of a sudden the 20 year old hit in the league is now 18, even though it's two years, it's it, massive. You start dropping that. The salary cap has a huge issue with that too. That, that drives, you know, a lot of it and why it's so young. Cause again, you, if, 
you have a guy that's been in the league for 12, 13 years, and you have a kid that's just coming out, and they're doing this, you know, that 35-year-old's a fourth liner. Why not get a 22-year-old for yeah. half the cost? 500000 versus 5 mil? 5 million, yeah. right? So, I mean, I think you, you're seeing guys play longer. Joe Thornton's pretty old. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bergeron's getting up there. You have some older guys, older players playing. I think because they take care of themselves, like you mentioned with Tom Brady, they're, they're taking care of themselves so well. I think they, can, they have the opportunity to play longer, but it, I think it becomes a dollars and cents thing. Well, I think that's why he left the Patriots. It was just dollar and cents. But I, you look at Tom right now with a five and one, six and one. He's incredible. I mean, just sitting there, he's like throwing. T- he just hit what six hundred touchdown yeah. the other day, and it's like you look at. I mean, the, the cool, at least for me, the cool thing, like I remember watching Tom Brady when he first came out, which obviously you, same for you and everybody else. But it's like when you look at, like I, there's like for me, it's the, the idea of like I remember Tom Brady when I was still. I think going into junior high and high school and like that seems like a whole nother lifetime ago and he was winning a Super Bowl then and he's still he's a reigning Super Bowl champ now and you're like this guy's been doing it for 20 something years might be better he might be better arguably yeah I mean I would say I don't even know when his peak was maybe you could argue his peak was like 2007, 8, 9 when he was like but I don't know he's looking pretty damn good right now he was last couple years like it was almost when uh uh, Peyton Manning his last couple of years when he was just throwing like 50 touchdowns a year and you're like dude Peyton he's like whatever his age was like how's this guy still doing it right. but he, at a certain point like I think Tom Brady's at that level now too you're pretty much an NFL coach with a skill set to still be able to play sure so then it's like I, I don't know who the offensive coordinator for uh, the Buccaneers is but I don't think they do much I think it's mostly Tom calling the plays which <laughs> it's hard to say like hey there's a you know, yeah, Tom, you do what you want. Like this is this is kind of back to like a uh, uh, pop Warner football. You call the shots and just go and do it. And- well, you're right. I think he is coaching, and and that's the the mark, obviously, of a great player. But as a good team too, mm-hmm. if the team's coaching the team, the coach did a good job. Yeah, like like game day. Do you find that the players coach themselves a lot too? Meaning, I'm not that diminish what you do or anything else, but do you find that like, hey, like I was gonna go talk to you know. Uh, you know, Mike, but John's talking to him and we're good. Like yep. he, they kind of figured it out on their own. Like, great. Now I can, you know, and it's kind of like they, they can, they can kind of kick each other's, you know, kick each other in the, the ass kind of thing for each of them to kind of do something better than for you. That's gotta be like, yeah, that's good. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for. We do our work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday night. It's like, let them go. You know, it's like letting that horse out of the barn, let yeah. them run. And that's what we're trying to do. And then, like you said, let the, let the guys say, hey, on the power play, let's try this. Or, or hey, at five on five, we need to do this better. That's what you want to happen. So the, the quicker that happens, the quicker that we can hand the keys over to the, the mm-hmm. team, the, the better we'll be. And sometimes, sometimes it never happens. Sometimes it's, it might be January, February. Sometimes, hopefully, it's December 1st. You get some older guys. If you have some older guys, typically I'd say it's earlier in the year that they're like, just kind of that culture. You bring it up and, you know, if you got a thing is you got a stud like, you know, sophomore, junior, and then, you know, they come back one or two more years and they're already at that level. You're like, we're in a good spot. Like that's, um, I remember, I remember one time coaching and I had an issue with one of the parents and their words were, he doesn't coach. What do you mean I don't coach? Like, we're at the game. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to sit up and scream and yell at the kids. Like, we spent, spent the last four days doing that, you know, for different things. Like, the day, like you said, ga- dre- or ga- uh, like basically, if you're coaching during the game, you're probably not in a good spot. Like, you, it's hard to make adjustments the day of on a game. Half the time, they can't even hear it. Like, at least in soccer, right. hockey 100%. might be a little easier. But 
But again, they're in the moment. They're reacting. They're not hearing you yelling on the bench. I mean, you get their attention when you can, but it's like a lot of it. They got to they got to be able to react and do the stuff and know that they or trust the process of what they did that week leading up to the game. So, like you said, it's kind of cruise control, and you know, you make sure it's not completely falling off the rails. But you know, you want to make sure that yeah, it's like you guys have it. Like you said, here's the keys. Like yeah, just go. don't scratch the car up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's. Absolutely. You have to, you become a cheerleader almost more mm-hmm. than anything else. Like we've talked about like, uh, in between periods, like when you talk, like you go in, you have uh, 10 minutes, right? Yeah. 15. Is it 15? Um, so you go in and you have 15 minute break. Is there, do you always talk to team between 15 minutes or sometimes you just go in and be like, you know what, we're just keep doing what you're doing. Just rest and let's get back out there. So Friday, well, Saturday against, uh, St. Mike's. We made not adjustments, we, we, but we tried to coach a little bit. You know, hey, we need to do this. Or what, it was our neutral zone off, or our neutral zone defense was, was a disaster, and, and we weren't very good along the wall. So we just reminded them of that. Second period, we didn't, we didn't go in at all, and we let the captain run. You know, again, trying to give them that ownership, ownership of the team. Like, hey, Matt, handle this right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we decided to stay out of it. And then after the game, we didn't do any coaching, but we talked to the team. So it, it all depends on the game, depends on what's going on and, and what we need to do. It might be pulling out a certain kid, you know, or, hey, this, you did this great, you know, keep doing this, or, or you need to work on this, like watch this for the next time. So, and there's some nights you just got to go in there and just rip, rip everybody a new one kind of deal and they get back out. Like if they need it, if you're kind of like pull your heads out of your ass kind of deal. Because <laughs> that's like sports. So, I remember one of our – Again, soccer. I remember one of the games we went in one and one or one to one at halftime, and our coach, to the point where he wasn't even yelling at me, I was like scared for the guys he was yelling at because I'm like, oh my god! And then all of a sudden he came out and scored three goals in the second half and won four one. But it was like we needed like he needed a punch in the face at halftime because kids were just like not doing well. Yeah, so that guy he had a good a good feel for the team and how yeah. the team would respond. Some teams aren't going to respond well. Some teams will. Some guys will respond well. Some guys are going to will. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, you, the coach's psychology, you're kind of trying to figure out your each your team as a whole and then each individual guy you have to know as, as well. Some guys, as you know, like you got to give them a kick in the ass. Some guys you got to give them a hug. Sometimes you got to talk to them. Sometimes you got to yell at them. And it's, it's hard. How, how do you find um, psychology right now with players? Like with the idea of just like um, – like just player psych because I know coaching psychology is – like you said, you're dealing with a lot of different people. I would, and, and there, there's a player deals with other players, but they're not as invested. I think, you know, in everybody's micromanaging as maybe you are as a coach, cause you got to, you know, coach every player, but them individually with like their own stuff day to day. Cause again, you gotta take these kids are 21, 22, 23 years old. Like they got schoolwork. They're living away from mom and dad. They got a girlfriend problem. They got, you know, some maybe some minor thing that it, that's not a big deal, but they think it's a big deal, and like yep. then you're trying to like, well, that doesn't matter. We're playing hockey. Like, let's get back to like the job at hand. Do you find that that's tough? Do you find that you see kids that get mopey at certain parts of the season? It's not really team. It's like personal reasons coming in. That's probably been, been the biggest change that we've made as a staff. Is like, all right, if Johnny's having a bad day, hockey wise, let's find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. you know first before before we drill them here and, and a lot of times it is it's you know i just failed my midterm you know my mom is sick whatever mm-hmm. 
So you need to find that out before you rip them. Um, so that's something that we've really kind of changed and, and, and try to work on. And it's, it's always been player centered or coaching should always be player centered, but I really feel like it, it's all about that now. Like it's all about relationships. It's all about, you know, how you interact with the guys. And that's one of my biggest goals actually this year is I want to spend more time in the locker room, which we never used to do. Yeah. And not that I'm in there the whole time, but it's maybe five minutes before practice. Maybe it's five minutes after practice, you know, on TV, there's, you know, they're watching below deck or whatever. And you're, yeah, you're just, just watching it with them, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and then you're talking about this or you're talking about that. And, you know, and then that's how you develop that relationship. And it's not, you end up, you're not talking about hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about school or you're talking about or even families. If ask, or, even if they ask you for like, hey, coach, I'm graduating. Like, what do you think would be a good job for me to pick up? Like, you know, and like you just start getting into like their lives and careers. And, you know, I think that's a lot of things that people, you know, maybe like I, I'm a big pro or uh, uh, team sport guy. I mean, I just think everybody should be on a team at yeah. some point because I said there's there's life skills you learn that's not goals and not minutes played and all that but it's like all the the stuff that is going to carry you on for years and years and years and i think people that have good coaches growing up like there's a couple coaches i've had that i'm like yeah i learned a lot from them or i got maybe my work ethic from a couple of them because they set the culture of like this is what you got to do and it just hit me at the right time where maybe it molded me to do some stuff in life that was you know i wouldn't have done otherwise like and i think the uh, the thing about a coach is they can have such an impact because a lot of the time you're with these guys or with a coach is when times in your life where you're still developing, you know? And I think, you know, I was looking at the way you said relationships, like I'll say like from a business standpoint, we're so connected now in everything that you, it's hard to get away from stuff. And I find, you know, the players are doing stuff, but then they go on social media and they see stuff and then they hear stuff here and they see stuff on TV. And then it's like, and there's more access. Like you can reach players, they can reach each other quicker. Where before, probably when you played, like, you could just go back to your apartment and hang out and like, I don't know. I don't know where those guys are. I'll see you tomorrow at, at a uh, skate, you know? And it's, and I think now you're so connected, like just trying to get that like alone time or breathing room to get some stuff done becomes more, more of a challenge. Yeah. I mean, back when I was playing, we had a phone tree, you know, you yeah. had, <laughs> so yeah, the, you know, call each guy one at a time. I haven't heard that term in years. Yeah. yeah I don't so, um, yeah, it was handed out like first day of practice, you know, yeah. here's everybody's phone number. And, Joe and Scott, you got right. them. Like, all right. So now everybody, you know, obviously texts and group chats and the whole nine yards. So there we have a team chat and then they have their own chat too, yeah. their own team chat, which I'm not a part of and, and don't want to be a part <laughs> of. But, um, yeah, it, the relationship piece is huge and, and, you have to get to know them outside of the rink. And sometimes you don't have enough time in a day because we're, we're, we're not just coaching, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're fundraising we're alumni relations. We're this, we're that, you know, we're, we're on a job search for somebody else. You know, we're, we're, we're getting pulled in a lot of different directions. So you have to kind of find time when you can bump, we call it bumping into them. Like, Hey, I need to bump into Johnny today. You know, mm-hmm. he, something's not right with him. Or he had a great practice. I want to really bump into Johnny and, and tell him that. Yeah. So um, it, it, you have to really pick your spots when you can do it. Um, I was going to say, from, actually, first off, how did the golf tournament go? Well, we had two. So We had the alumni. We one. had alumni, and we had the Cardinal Classic. So that, and that was the fundraising one for the actual athletics. For the athletics, and then the alumni was fundraising for the hockey. And those were both good. 
great. Okay. Had a great time. Um, I, I'm. It's a lot. I, want, I wanted to play, but it was Sunday at 1, and I'm like, there's no way. I'm always letting me out Sunday at 1 to go play in golf. I mean, in a few years, right. the kids are older, yes. Yeah. Maybe I'll bring them with bring me. Them. Yeah. Bring them. So, but no, it was fun. I think we had a beautiful day, and the food was outstanding, and we had 120 guys or whatever playing. People, I shouldn't say guys. Yeah, it was but it's good. Players. Yeah, but a good, I mean, like I said, a good sport. I think um, I think the community does a good job with, with Plattsburgh. Like I said, it's, it is, it's a college town at, at the end of the day, so I think that people do gravitate towards that, and... Um, I actually like it now better than when I was a kid because when you see like the kids come in, you start to see how it, the community and the in the in, in the college kind of work hand in hand on a lot of stuff. Like it's it's neat to see the whole dynamic of everything and then how the hockey team fits in with you know maybe just academic wise and with the community and the fundraisers and the the uh, the bed race that yeah. the guys were pushing the beds and stuff. Like I just think it's kind of cool when you get people out and about in the community like that and then it, they take a little more players take ownership of the community, and community takes ownership of the team and like you know kind of Plattsburgh it's not just like college is college like you know like it's nice to have that integration between the two sure that's a huge selling point for us in, in, in the recruiting process is the community involvement and and I mean we have I don't know seven eight nine guys that still live in the area that have have stayed because oh afterward, after, afterwards yeah you know, and, and like re, like recent players uh like I mean I know like Jay's now the principal like and he stayed and there's a few that have but like Maybe not in a few years, but I don't know, in the last... But you're still getting... I mean, you yeah. stayed or yeah, came back or, you know, whatever. It's Eric like, Seidel, Trevor Cameron. I mean, you have Rick Strack. You have uh, Bob Matthew is in the is in the, the area. Um, and these guys were all imports, right? They, yeah. came, they came to college and they just stayed here. Todd Bones in the area. I mean, so there's Jamie Reedy. I mean, there's, there's lots of guys. I... That's one thing that I really like to like really like to see is when you get people from college that stay here because that's not and this is not just the team this is just in general when you get a kid that comes here we have, we've had a few interns and I ask them it's like hey do you like Plattsburgh yeah I love it it's great I'm like cool what's your major and they say that it's a great I said do you like the community yeah it's awesome I said so what are you doing after school or after you graduate I'm like well I'll probably go back and they always end that with hometown and I'm like well why go back to Long Island or why go back to Rochester I'm like yeah. well if you like it here you know. Do you need help finding connections? Do you need help finding position? Like I try to, you know, can I talk, what, what are you interested in? Can sure. I maybe give you a, you know, give you a contact in that field? Because like at the end of the day, you want people to stay here. You want people to establish roots and careers and families and stuff in the local area. And like, there's no bigger recruiting pool for Plattsburgh than the college. Right. Because where else are you going to get so many kids coming from out of the area to one spot? And like, okay, that's a good, that's, let's start there. Let's get those people to want to stay. You said, even if you get... One percent of those people staying. What's one percent of Plattsburgh? Like sixty kids, something like that. Six hundred. Yeah, doing math wrong here. About six thousand kids. Like, you get one percent of those kids that stay. There's sixty people that are staying. That's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Get married, have family. Have like, you know, that sixty turns into three hundred. You know, and so I mean, it's just stuff that you know. It's kind of what I look at from like a. I don't know, maybe this maybe this is a, a selfish community member wanting more people to stay here, but you get like I said, it's a great recruiting tool want to get to the college but then to try to get them to stay from the college into the community and then become like you said live here for 30 40 years right. and and you know have your kids go to plastic state and have a second generation of plastic state um yeah i mean that's just something i think it's i think it's like a bonus but it's hopefully that becomes kind of a, a trend where people are like you know plastic's not a bad and i think as we're at least economic wise and, and i think a lot of stuff in the area is starting to slowly build up a bit we're going to see more of that where Kids come and play hockey, and then all of a sudden, like you know what, this is a pretty cool area. Like I like the players, I like you know, like coach, I like all the other people, like yep. the alumni, and I kind of want to be a part of that community. 
Yeah, I think the more opportunities they have to be an intern, mm-hmm. and that that's going to attract guys and, and kids to stay here. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, I got a great job or a great internship experience. Maybe I can parlay that into a job with the same company, or maybe, you we know, get, like, like you said, I stay here. We got like even like WB Mason, Casella. You got these companies, uh, First Light, that are have been involved with Plastic State for years and years and years. And it's like, okay, well, like, let me talk to the guy at WB or let me talk to Bill at Casella or let me talk to these people that, hey, is there a position for, um, uh, who's the guy that works at WB? Um, played at Plastic State. Oh, CJ Tozo. CJ, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, a perfect example. Yeah. Like, and I don't, he, he's not a local guy, right? He came No, he's down, down by the city. Then he came back probably, I don't know, seven, eight years ago and started yeah, you know, it's like perfect. Ex- yeah, perfect example. Like, I mean, you get guys like that to stay and put their roots in Plattsburgh. It's like, yeah, that's that's a cool thing. Like, yeah, I think I think up here is is yearning for young, like, talent for lack of a better word, like people, young professionals to come up here. I think it's just we're we're dying for some kind of new ideas, new blood, that sort of thing, the new energy. Yeah, you know? and it will happen. But it's like I said, every year you get a little bit more and a little bit more, and like you start, you kind of start nudging you know, students at Plattsburgh and then they realize like, yeah, it's a pretty cool place to live. And let me get involved in something. And then, like I said, a lot of them, they get your foot in the door and get a job. And they're like, well, I got a job lined up. Cause you hear people go to like, I went to Boston and then I took an internship and then I got a job from an internship. So I'm going to stay here. I'm like, that can happen in Plattsburgh sure. same way. So it's like trying to, again, I'm always looking now, I'm now looking at it more from a community member, you know, business standpoint of like, how do we get these, you know, people that have different ideas. And the other thing, they're not from, you know, coming from the city, coming from Rochester, coming from Albany, coming from, you know, Toronto. Like, you have different views of different, and you come here and you're only getting better versions of what, or pulling ideas from other places, and they come here and like, hey, well, we did this in Toronto, and this would be kind of cool, and you realize like, oh, actually, that is a really cool thing. Let's, let's implement it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe less um, the kids that are around here that want to stay, there's, there's less competition than going to Boston. Yeah. You know, or going to New York City. So maybe you can get in quicker here. I also too. think it's the, un- like, if you get someone, and I think this happens a lot with certain athletes. You know the kid on the team that just works his tail off every day? And you just know, not the not the most skilled player or whatever, but just hard worker, grinds it out, going gets tough, like, just, like, puts his head down and just, like, just keeps trudging forward. Those are the ones that you come out of college and you're like, you can go to Boston, like, it's established, but you can also come to Plattsburgh and, like, help make something like build something or start as like an underdog and build that up. And I think there's a mentality. Like I like that mentality of like, like starting, like I don't want something to be handed to me and be like, Oh, the work's kind of done and I can kind of coast. I'm like, I want to take something like sure pull it from the ground. And I think you get some of those. I, I find that certain um, people that like work hard, like you kind of like look into them and they're like, Oh, you played sports. And like, and they're like, yeah, no, I wasn't very good, but I like made the team and I, you know, made the third string, but I worked my tail off just to be on the team. And like, you realize like, okay, they had the work ethic and obviously sports takes a certain level of skill where business, like a lot of it's more mindset than physicalness. So it's like, you know, can you think your way and work your way and have the attitude to, to grow? So I think some of those kids, it's like, yeah, come to Plattsburgh. That's maybe not as established as a Boston, but or New York or fill in the blank. And, but you come here and you take like that task and say, well, you can grow that here. And I think you're going to have more, you know, satisfaction at the end of the day that you grew and put like, you know, you, know, you put a, uh, something cool in the community that wasn't there before because of your efforts. Right. And I know. I think it's just underdog in anything, but it's just like, it's just kind of a cool feeling. Like yeah. I think those guys might like, um, but I don't know. It, it'd be neat. So um, anything else, plastic state hockey wise that we're getting, getting to through the, uh, looking forward to this season? 
Just playing, really. The guys are just chopping at the bit. You know, even the, the two exhibition games are just fun. It was 609 days between <laughs> our last game and this past Saturday night for St. Mike's. So That's insane. That, yeah, it's crazy when you when you put it in days and numbers like that. So we're just we're just really excited to get back to play it and and hopefully we can get off to a good start. I, I think um, you know I think we have a a pretty good team. You know I think we have the pieces. We just have to make sure we can put it together. Now, and now, obviously you're probably it's kind of because it's weird because of COVID. Do you would you deem yourself more of a younger team than an older team from an age perspective? And I want to say relative because everybody's dealing with the same fifth five years or whatever because of COVID, but relative to other going into it, did you still have a pretty young team? Not a lot of graduation. Yeah, we are, we are still pretty young and we did get some, uh, sophomore transfers, which will help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we are still pretty young, but, but it's a good thing too. Oh, I, I know. I mean, I was actually hoping you were going to say young than yeah. old. Cause then it's like, we're young and we're third, but give us a year or two. And all of a sudden those same guys, like I said, become two years older and that's a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and that was part of the kind of the plan too, is to get a little bit older. Cause we knew we, if we played last year, we were going to be super young again. And so we wanted to get a little bit older and I think we have a good freshman class and a good transfer class to kind of implement. We had a, a junior come transfer in from Merrimack college. So big time D one school. And, and he's gonna, he's gonna be fabulous for us. And just a great kid and hard work and humble guy, great leader. And he's just competing every day. And then our, you know, our forward, our D1 forwards are all going to, you know, they're going to, I would expect them to have pretty solid years, um, you know, production wise, as far as point categories, that sort of thing. So, what, um, oh, uh, shoot, you just said something about, no, you said, what would you just say about the young guy? Shoot. I just um, had a good question for you. We'll, we'll come humble, back to, huh? The, the guy from Merrimack that was. Um, oh no, captains! I was going to ask you for okay. captains. That, that was it. How do you do? You pick the captains. I, I might have asked you this in the last. Yeah. Podcast. So the the players the players will pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, it's a, it's a little bit different. Matt Arujo is our captain. No no question about it. Senior captain. And there's usually one captain, two assistants. Yeah, but we have kind of a leadership group um, team, so to speak, where we we have more than one one guy that we're talking to. So. Um, but Matt's kind of, he's definitely the, the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Richie McCartney's on that. Uh, so do you have any formal assistants or are they all kind of, like you said, one captain, you got kind of a yeah, school of guys that will fill in? For right now, we're just kind of filling in. Um, kind of want to see where the team goes to a little bit and see, you know, these guys that came in, see where they fit in. Because it, it, it's an adjustment period for them too. Um you know, they don't want to step on toes. They want to make sure that they're kind of following suit. But I think, I think at the end of the day, there's going to be one or two of them that will be on, on the leadership group or a captain, you know, once Matt, Matt says he's going to come back for one more year and then, you know, he'll be the so is he part of that special COVID year or whatever. Yeah. So he's a legitimate senior this year. And then, uh, he wants to come back and get another degree. So, um, well, same, like, my wife played with the uh, the soccer team or played soccer years ago, but she's still like following the soccer girls. And this is the most I've seen her get excited in a long time because she's now starting to follow the team. And uh, like I said, some of the girls she's starting to know the girls personally, so she's like she likes that. But there's a lot of them that are that senior class that I'm like, oh, someone's a senior. She's like, yeah, but she might come back for her next year. She only like 
like, oh, well, that'd be awesome because they have a pretty good squad right now. So it's like they get, you know, getting one, those girls back for one more, two more years. It's like, well, you're not, it doesn't feel like you're losing. It's not, it's not like a traditional senior class that you're losing. It's like they can still kind of come back if right. they want. And it's right. like, oh, that's kind of a bonus. Like, I'd love to have one more year. So, um, I mean, obviously, I know every school is dealing with that, but it's still the idea. Like, it's still nice that you're still feeling like you get these guys a little bit longer and they're not really totally getting shunned out from, like, high school, you lose it. Yeah, like you lose yep. your year of college, like ah, there's a little leeway. You kind of get that extra bonus if you want it, and or go take your graduate and get you know kind of come back for one more. And again, I think we talked about it last time. It's like you only play competitive sports for so long. Like come back for one more year, like Absolutely. play. It's like why you know you're gonna be working at that desk job or office job or sales job the rest of your year or life or doing something else. Like like that same thing. If I could have played a couple more years of sports or you, I'm like yeah, sure. I probably would have probably would have milked it to try to play it. You know? And, yeah, definitely. If it works academically and and uh financially for them so well that's the thing sense. i think financial aid becomes a problem too because they only give you so much financial aid and it's like you want to spend all that money to come back and play hockey and right. like i said you know it's uh it, it's tough but like that's when you start dealing with like you know you start dealing with that out of school stuff or like i want to play hockey but here's some other stuff <laughs> you know like yeah. real life stuff that starts to punch you in the face and like oh i gotta re- rethink the structure here but um no i think it's good like i said i think no matter what you said, even if the guys are a little beat up, like physically, you got to think mentally, they're still, still better being a little beat up and having the chance to play hockey than just sitting at home, you know, doing nothing. So I think, like I said, it's, it's uh, exciting. I'm just glad to see like school starting to come back and sports getting more regular than what they were before. Right. Like last year was weird. And like people going to playoffs and like some not playing seasons getting canceled halfway through. And it's like, you know, it's just so up in the air. And that seems like this year, it seems like it's pretty, set in stone there doesn't seem to be a whole lot that's going to derail the season unless something crazy happens yeah i agree i think i mean just the fall sports have have moved pretty pretty seamlessly through the like you can bank on the season for the most part i think yeah yeah Yeah. and i mean obviously like we'll knock on all the wood we can but like it's not it's not one where you're like well we get we have another we have a month we don't know what's going to happen in december and it's like that like that that sucks with the team because you're on edge and you're like what's happening and should i come back not go back or play or practice or whatever so um no, I think, I, like I said, I'm excited. I, I, I like just, um, I like Plastic State. Like I said, I try to follow most of the teams. As the season gets going, I start following other, I'll start following sure. the hockey team a little bit as the season gets going. And, uh, you know, I think the, the, the level that Plattsburgh overall has last couple of years, I think Plattsburgh is a very across the board, good college school. Like back in the day, it was like hockey was the main thing. And then basketball started to pick up. And then you start to see soccer kind of get back a little bit. And it's nice to see the level start to raise up a little bit. And I think that has to do with kids affecting other kids like hockey people know people in other sports so it's like and they see them doing good like well i don't want to be this uh the guy that plays on the bad bad team at school you know i want to be on like hockey guys are good i want to make sure that people know about our team too and i think it adds you know might add some kind of uh osmosis to other teams to kind of pick up their play if other teams are doing well like i think it's just like you said maybe not directly but it's you know as a collective like you see sure. cardinal point you open it up in plattsburgh one again the, the, the hockey team and all of a sudden like the Women's basketball team is like, this sucks. We got to get better. I want to be like on the headline now. And you start to see, like, I think that's just natural, I think, for kids. But, you know, college kids, play sports, you're competitive. Yeah. You got to be. In college, you got to be competitive. You can't, can't, like, just roll into a hockey or a sports team in college and just be like, yeah, I guess I'll play. Like, I don't know. Got nothing else going on. I'll play. It's like, "Ah." yeah, it's a big time commitment, whether it's it's soccer, baseball, or hockey. I mean, you're, you put a lot of time into it. It's a lot of time. And, and there is commitment. You miss a lot of things. You, you're not going out. You have curfew. You have study hall. You have weights. You have practice. Actually, the other thing is, do kids, NCAA, when they came out and said that people could be paid now to play, I mean, does that happen at the D3 level or no? 
They're not obviously not, people aren't paying them for their jerseys, but I'm saying right. can kids get? They some, can. Oh yeah, that that's that's across the board. So know? like if, if if they were somehow to get someone to pay stuff for the kids, like because they can't work, you know what I mean? That's the problem with they always argue about you know kids in college. Like their job is playing. Yeah, they don't have the time to work because they're playing, but then they can't get paid because they're playing, and then it becomes like, well, I have no money, and if someone gives me money, that's illegal. I could lose my eligibility. So it was always this. And, and oh, by the way, you're making money off my jersey with my name on sure, it, and I'm sure. playing for free. I might now D1, you might have a scholarship, but you know, like I said, D3, you don't. So then it's kind of, and I'm not saying like, you know, Matt's walking around, people are walking around with his jersey, paying for his jersey with his name on the back, but still the idea, like, is there ways that they could, in theory, make money somehow and not absolutely, lose yeah, yeah, it's um. Depending on the right market, depending on the right situation, yeah, they, they can certainly make or, money. Or even just taking kids with social media. Like I, The reason I say this, um, I, don't, I don't I won't name her name, but she's a girl who plays college soccer, and she has an Instagram account, and she does foot skills, and it's followed by a lot of people. Yep. And But here's a girl taking it upon herself to do that, and I know analytics and all that stuff. When you start looking at that, with the followers and stuff she, she has, she's going to get sponsorship opportunities because she has a reach on, on social media. And here's a girl out of Plattsburgh that did that. So I'm like, any of these guys can, like, if they really wanted to, a little side hustle, all of a sudden start showing their skills, all of a sudden they become, you can start raising this up. Or could a kid, could your hockey guy start a podcast? You know, I'm just saying, sure. like, outside stuff. The kid yeah. started a hockey podcast. Next thing you know, here's a local spit and chicklets. And all of a sudden, they're getting local sponsorships because these four Plattsburgh State guys that are playing are talking about hockey. Yeah, and that's, that's actually, I mean, that's basically just a job when you start doing it that way or the, the but, they, but these guys are, but yeah, but these guys like they can go to practice and then like at night on a Thursday night, like well, let's do our podcast episode and a couple sure. guys like Saturday morning, let me just plug it in, upload it, do some stuff on social media. And like you could have a little side hustle sure. and make some money on the side off something you like. It's like these guys like yep. talking like hockey for these guys is nothing. As long as they can carry on a conversation and you know, shoot the shit a little bit, like people are going to listen to it. Like, I think I think for uh, some of these athletes like, with with the internet right now and now being able to pay like sponsorships can pay you and you're like yeah we're playing the Plastic State Men's Team like hey can we sponsor your podcast and they can still make that money right right so I mean it's yeah. just kind of a cool thing that they up I didn't know if that if you've seen anything affect you guys yet on that front it hasn't come across yet but it it, it will oh yeah absolutely it will they so. just think it's kind of cool though it's good for the I mean I just think it's a good rule for kids like yeah. I said no yeah it can't work so it's like yeah they got to kind of make money because they still have car payments and they still have you know. Do, is there stipends at all for hockey? No. Nope. I know like D1 sometimes you could get like food stipends and stuff and it might like last them more than food but not much. Yeah, no, nothing. No. Uh, so, all right, Steve, wrap it up there. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. So, Anything else you want to promote? Friday and Saturday night, the next two weekends. Seven o'clock, puck drops. Yep. yep. Um, and I'll, what I'll, try, I'll try to get a link to the, uh, to the schedule and stuff. Put it in the show notes so people can click on it. At least to get to like you know, if they want to see future ones, but this, I know this, uh, the Halloween, I don't know. I saw the, who runs the Instagram account for you guys? Uh, can you say people, a couple huh? people. Okay. Couple not, people. not you though. I was going to give you, there's some, good I stuff. might, I might be on every there. once in a while. I might be on. There. Okay. <laughs> there's some graphics on there. I'm like, Steve's got some, a little bit of graphic skills there. We didn't know. <laughs> no, about. we don't at all. We suck I, terrible. I, I, I saw some of the, 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 the TikTok videos there and I saw the kids doing some stuff and I'm like, so that was uh Brett Rotz and, uh, when he popped up Jordan behind Maley. The, yeah. yeah. And those guys are awesome every Friday. So, um, I heard about the Maddie cup too. That's a new Maddie name. Cup. Yep. So that's our red, white game. That's been going on for quite a bit. So we've played, for the Maddie Cup, but we're trying to get better on social media. Um, 
but it is it's hard with the, the graphics and things like that yeah. you know so i did find a site that i i do put some of the stuff on there and i did find a site that's like it's graphics for you know idiots like yeah, yeah. me that can't figure anything out like that and it takes i just you just insert certain things and change your color and boom you have it and it takes use, it takes five minutes do you use canva no no this is called gipper you got to use Canva. It's easy. Is it? Yeah, it's easy. Like, you'll pick it up. Like, watch, watch a YouTube video, how do you, like, basics of Canva, and you'll get in. All of a sudden, you'll go from, like, like you said, moving stuff around to be like, actually, I, I can hack my way to something that looks halfway decent. All right. I'll, I'll That's it. That'll be, that'll be your new homework. It's my homework. Yeah, go look at it. No, get one of the kids to do it. Be like, hey, this is, hey, practice. Look up Canva. Tell me how to use it. So... But that's it. Okay, this this weekend, Plastic State, 7 o'clock, Friday, Saturday night. Go check them out. If you uh, want to get rowdy and get in the fan zone, red zone, go do it. Start, you know, just make wear, wear loud noise, right? Wear a costume. Get oh, in the right. Halloween yeah. season. You know, Dressed as your favorite Cardinal player or favorite Cardinal coach. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but there's going to be a bunch of Jeff Wood costumes uh, out there. So, all right. That's, that's it. Episode 168, Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.